Hello and welcome to Retrospection, a podcast in which we take an old TV show and film and see if it should be welcome to planet Earth or told to flee back to the ancestral homeworld of Cobol. My name's Colin and you must have confused me with somebody else because my name's not Turkey and neither is his. Oh, I was going to do that one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My name's Paul and you use me, you chauvinist. Said that a few times. I have, yeah. Or have you had that said to you a few times? Hmm. I've no idea what you mean. In this episode, we're taking a look at Galactica 1980, a sequel to Battlestar Galactica. When the Battlestar Galactica finally arrives at Earth, they find they must subtly raise its tech level while <laughs> protecting it from the Cylons. Subtly? You say subtly? I do, yeah, by flying. By flying? <laughs> And time travelling. Yes. yes. The series stars Kent McCard as Captain Troy. Yeah. Barry Van Dyke as Lieutenant Dillon. Robin Douglas as Jamie Hamilton. Lon Green as Commander Adama. And James Patrick as Dr. Z. And the series was created by Glenn A. Larson. <laughs> Couldn't you say that with a straight face? I saw the camera. Your cat just hit whacked your camera, your laptop. <laughs> Yes, I've got a new kitten. Yeah, he's he's making it challenging, but we'll, we'll we'll roll with it. It'll be all right. Yep. Don't eat my notebook. Get off. Sorry, not you. I wasn't okay. talking to you. All right. <laughs> yeah, so I saw an interview. Well, not didn't see an interview. I read an interview on a website with Alan Cole, who was story editor for Galactica 1980. Mm-hmm. And he says nobody wanted this show. <laughs> That's not a good start. Is the it? writers didn't want it. Glenn A. Larson didn't want it. Universal didn't want it. The only people who wanted it were ABC. Mm-hmm. And then they stuck it in a kid's time slot, so they had trouble with the censors constantly. Yeah. Everybody wanted out of the show. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody. They, they, they were told that if they work on a, a point number for viewers, so if you get less than a certain point scale your show is taken off the air. And they were told if they went below 13, they'll be taken off the air. So they put a 13 and stuck it on the door as like a lucky 13. <laughs> like that was an aiming for. That's good when you're aiming for really poor ratings, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently Glenn Larson would write the scripts in Hawaii and never really visited. He would just send mysterious notes. Ah, <laughs> uh, The budget kept being cut. There's constant rewrites, even up to the point where scripts were given to the actors moments before they were going to film. It doesn't show. Oh, no. <laughs> Nobody was sure what the series was about, and the network hated the time travel storyline. But, I mean, I can kind of understand that. Yeah, I can too. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that when it appears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, the kid playing Dr. Z was scared shitless of the director, and that's why he never moves. <laughs> also, his voice kept breaking because he was at that puberty level, so they had to is keep Is it actually reshooting. his voice? Is it actually his voice talking in the... Or is he, is he dubbed? dubbed? I don't know about that. I just know that they had to keep reshooting it. Because it, it sounds like he's got a weird... Maybe it is just because his voice was breaking, but he sounds like he's got a weird sort of voice modulation thing going on right. when he talks. Yeah, I mean, maybe. he's not—he's not the most charismatic, anyway, is he? No, maybe. And they... again, amongst all these, this lot in the in this, I mean, yeah, it's not a great bunch, is it? Mm. 
Well, do you have any info after that? Um, I was just going to say that um, it was supposed to star both Dirk Benedict and Richard Hatch, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Originally. Mm-hmm. But then um, we, we got that old Dirk Benedict was that, that old adage, he was busy. Yes. Quote, unquote, busy. And uh, Richard Hatch flatly just turned it down, apparently. <laughs> well, it's probably the best thing they ever did. I think so, yeah. Um, as you said, it was it was meant to be serious, but the the bit that made me laugh because you, you you didn't actually mention it. You say about it, it was put in a family friendly time slot. Yes. But it was also what they called an educational time slot, and boy, does it show! Oh yes, everything has a message. Oh God, the lectures that go on. <laughs> I thought I was back at college. It was. Oh, you, <laughs> th- you went to college? I did. I thought it was back in A level history. It was. <laughs> oh, those two hour lessons. Yeah, but, you know, history back then was shorter for you, right? There's less what of you... it. Well, <laughs> there's, there's always, well, there's always been the same amount of history, Colin, hasn't there? No, because as we progress through time, accumulate more history. Well, some of us do. Well, you got a lot of history. <laughs> well, we won't go there. <laughs> but there wasn't really much. I, I tried to do a lot of um, a lot of research for this, but there, there's not a lot out there other than that article that you uh, that you found and, and sent to me. Yeah. So yeah, but everything that you've said does not surprise me. No, it comes across in the show at certain points. Oh God, it's. I mean, let's not jump ahead, but my God, if this if this was all that I cannot imagine anyone when you mention Battlestar Galactica, that this is where their mind goes to first. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's listen to the trailer. Oh, there isn't one. (laughs) I, I thought about using the opening credits of the show and then I realized that the opening credits for this show are exactly the same theme tune as Battlestar Galactica and even features clips from Battlestar Galactica. Well, the whole show features clips from Battlestar yeah. Galactica, so, doesn't it? So that's pointless too. I think that the, the, the theme tune is slightly um, faster. Oh, they're on the wrong setting? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think they had it on um, 45 rather than... Uh... It's like, no, 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 it's just over yeah. quicker. Yeah, it, it it it's a bit it's a bit jazzier. Ah, okay. okay. We are in 1980 after all. That's true. That's true. Rather than what was it, two years before Battlestar yeah. Galactica. Yeah, the what? disco. It was 78, version. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It it doesn't feel like the 80s though, does it? What does it feel like? The 70s. Ah, okay. Well, the 80s, the early 80s, they kind of were the 70s, right? If you watch, they shows, were. If you like you watch yeah. programs from that period. It's hard to tell the difference between the two. They kind of. No, it doesn't like suddenly, fashion and stuff didn't just suddenly change, it just kind of drifted. Yeah, you kind of forget that, don't you? Because when yeah. you think of you think of the 80s and you just think of a particular sort of um, snapshot of the 80s, you yeah. know, big t-shirts and, but that didn't happen until probably about 1985, 86, did it? Yeah. Everything changed. Back in this era, we're still in very brown slacks with uh, very tight at the top and wide at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still wear those. I know. It's a shame. Well, I have to, you know. Why? I need the room. Oh, okay. What, down by your ankles? That's right, yeah. Okay. All right, so it opens with clips of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) 
and a very no we don't get the deep voice over yet do we no we don't no so this series is set 30 years after the original everybody except adama has aged he is apparently an ageless wizard immune to the ravages of time he does look like colonel sanders though doesn't he he has got a, a wispy gray beard he does how do you know it's 30 years uh because it says so does it yeah where 30 years have passed. See? Hear it then? <laughs> no, Seriously, it, I don't yeah, remember that. It's 30 so. years. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's actually wrong that it's 30 years, but it is 30 years because in the episode in the original Battlestar Galactica, they get a news of the moon landings, right? Which would make it 40 years in Galactica 80. But they get it, they get it wrong. They actually do say 30 years. Yes, because that's, that's the very last episode, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, so they're already the wrong. We've only been talking about yeah. it two seconds. And and considering it's been thirty years, Adama's aged very well, hasn't he? That's what I said. He's a wizard. Mm. And so is Boomer. Yeah, they just they just put some so made some little crow crows <laughs> uh, lines under his eyes and then put grey on the either side of his temples. Grey tufts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that that was his name. Grey tufts. Yeah, he used to be called grey tufts. Well, it's better than Boomer. It is, yeah. So, as we see ships flying past, we hear Commander Adama narrating his autobiography. <laughs> he's still doing that 30 years later. Yeah, he's still working on it. It's a big book. He hasn't got his little microphone and dictaphone thing that he had, though, has he? Ah, well, I'll explain why. All right, okay. So he says, The great ship Galactica, majestic and loving, strong and protecting, a home for these many years. Notice he says years, not yarons. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. We've endured the wilderness of space, and now we are near the end of our journey. Scouts and electronic surveillance, just scouts, no girl guides, sexist, have confirmed that we have reached <laughs> 1980, our haven. 1980. Ah, that'll explain yeah. it. Yeah. That the planet which is home to our ancestor brothers, not sisters. Too many of our sons and daughters did not survive to share the fulfillment of our dream. We can only take comfort and find strength in that they did not die in vain. We have at least found... Ooh, is that chocolate? Oh, sorry. We have at least found Earth. Earth. Not Oof. Not Oof, no. Right. So, and we cut to a diamond who now appears to be recording his voice into a piece of cutlery. (laughs) Maybe they don't allow him near real microphones. Because last time... He got caught in that PA. He was yelling, all the women, put your arms in the air. And then he was running down the corridors, tickling them. Galactica <laughs> HR was called. It was a clusterfuck. <laughs> Funnily enough, Paul, yes. clusterfuck is the name of another battle star. Nobody mentions it. And you know how he got that name? Go on. Public vote. Public vote. Never let the people choose. You're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> So we see Earth. Yes. And Adam is now talking to a kid in a chair, in a high chair, illuminated by a spotlight. Strapped in. Mm Mm-hmm. Because as you say, he was terrified. Apparently. (laughs) It it makes me look at it in a whole new light now you tell me that. He isn't in charge. He's a prisoner. Yeah. Yeah. In more ways than one. Yeah. Life imitating art, or is it art imitating life? Maybe it's both. It is. It's the cycle of life. Mm Mm-hmm. This is Dr. Z. He's concerned because they thought that Earth would be able to help them defeat the Cylons. But now he's been watching Earth's television, he realizes they're not advanced enough. Now, okay, at, at no point 
did it occur to anybody on this journey that this might happen? Well, they might encounter Earth and they're not up to the same... Yeah, I mean, Dr. Z is so brainy that he never wondered why they never ran into any Earth ships on the way. True. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we see... do- They don't explain who Dr. Z is, really, do they, either? I know they do in another episode later in the series. Oh, well, we have a little uh, little uh, voiceover about it in a bit. But... Yeah, they, but they just say he came to them from space, don't they? That he was found in deep space. Well, no, no, no. We'll get to it. All right, okay. Sorry, I don't mean to jump ahead. No, I can get it wrong. We see a bunch of TV shows and cartoons that, let's be honest, they look better than this one. <laughs> you know he's going to end up on Pornhub, don't you? Yeah, well, he's already zooming on a hula dancer for some reason. Well, this is it. I mean, he's a teenage boy looking at loads of different stuff, you know, on, on TV and online probably. And right. You know where he's going to end up. Mm-hmm. You start off with the best of intentions. Oh, you sound like you're making a case for yourself. <laughs> no, I'm just, you know, I was a teenage boy. Uh, okay. That sounds like one of those 1950s horror films, doesn't it? Yeah, or uh, one of those Carl Perkins rock and roll songs. You want me to sing? No. All right, okay. So Dr. Z, who for our UK listeners looks like the Milky Bear Kid, but without the charisma. Yes, he does look like the Milky Bear Kid, mm-hmm. yes. Yep. He tells the Dermot they cannot land. You know, he also looks like a young Matt Lucas as well. Oh, I guess he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a, just a, just a, a, an aside there well, popped into my head. It's good that stuff does occasionally. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Adama is obviously a bit peeved about this. How can he tell his people who managed to survive the long journey that they can't complete it? We are in the reach of our friends. So are our enemies, says Dr. Z. Yeah, we haven't seen silence for thousands of miles, says Adama, forgetting that they don't measure distance in miles on Galactica. They use parsecs. Again, again. Yeah, sectors, metrons, mm-hmm. not miles. Maybe he's yeah, been... I never noticed that. I never noticed that they don't use that terminology anymore. Yeah, maybe he's been reading The Rough Guide to Earth. Possibly, yes. Yeah. Yes. It looks like someone would like a rough guide. <laughs> Is that the beard? Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Z believes the Silence have just been waiting until they find Earth so they can destroy it and them. And again, you... no point during the journey did they realise they were leading the Silence to Earth. You would think that they would be watching, really, wouldn't you? Yeah. Just as an aside as well, you going back to what you said about um, Adama, he, he does actually look like a guy that tried to sell me his socks outside of Brixton Tube Station once. Maybe he was. Maybe that's what he ended up doing. Yeah. Oh, the Ooh, what? They came to they, Earth, yep. Yeah, yeah and, they, and he's selling his socks. Yeah. I didn't buy them. Oh. I had socks. I didn't mean, you know. Right, right. Okay. Just to say. So as we see the passengers of the various ships in the convoy, Adama does a voiceover, part of his book again, telling us about Dr. Z. He's a prodigy, a cerebral mutation, far more intelligent than anybody else, and has saved them from their enemies many times in the past. So, <clears throat> does this mean there are other mutants? Maybe with less abilities? No. There's an episode later in this series, mm-hmm. which is the Starbuck episode. Right. And there's a little baby in that episode that he sends off into space, and that baby turns into Dr. Z. Oh, right. So how do they know that he's a mutation? I don't know. 
They they made it sound like there was like lots of them, you know, like yes, I I, I follow you that, that, yeah, that they yeah. you know that they've come across that, that they've been growing in the little uh, what tanks. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, you're on the ball tonight. I just, I just <laughs> thought that these mutants with less abilities are like, hey, this, this is Barry. Oh, what's his mutant powers? His snot is really sticky. Show him, Barry. No, no, don't. <laughs> you know which battle stair they keep these lesser mutants on, don't you? Go on. Clusterfuck. Clusterfuck. Yeah. Yes. Battle, the battle stair clusterfuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, personally, I'd, I'd rather serve on that one. Yeah, you'd be captain. I would. I'd fit right in. You would. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, no, no. What am I saying? No, I wouldn't. Mm. People I work with listen to this. I don't... <laughs> they still I... work with you? Um, They work with me. Yes. My my hat's off to them. <clears throat> Technically, you're working with me as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. why I drink. <laughs> So a in voiceover explains that a council meeting is going to take place. We see a colonial warrior shaking hands a, with people. A, a council meeting. Oh god! Are, are they going to deal with those holes the, again? Those fucking potholes that are all around Reading. They need to sort that because let's face it, the Tory government isn't going to deal with it, are they? Well, no. But well, maybe that's what they can do when they come to Earth and help. Get the Galacticans in power. Yeah. Yes. And I'm amazed I said that. Yeah, so am I. Um, so this warrior is called Lieutenant Dylan, and he's like a cheap Dirk Benedict. <laughs> and he, he enters a room, and we meet Captain Troy, who is a cheap Richard Hatch. Now, don't they both have very famous dads? Well, who are we talking about now? Dirk Benedict and Richard Hatch? Or the no, others? no, no. These other two guys. They've oh. got very famous dads, haven't they? Uh, don't know. Do they? Well, yes, because Dylan's dad is... Um... The, the cowboy? Matt Dillon. No. 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 Uh, no. Dillon's daddy. Uh, <laughs> what the horse? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He, what? No. Um, Troy's dad was a famous Western star, wasn't he? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you say wasn't he? Like I know. I, this is news to me. No, he was. All and right. the other, the other guy, Dylan. His dad is uh, Dick Van Dyke. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh. And I didn't research that. I just know it. It's a fact. Oh, someone it's, else it's... will have to research that afterwards. No, it is. It's definitely a fact. Okay. Yeah, because... Um... So is that our new, new, <laughs> that's a new section? Definitely a fact. <laughs> yeah, can I get a jingle? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have many, but when, I, when, I get, when I've got one, I've always known that for some right. reason. I don't know why. No, no one does. Yes. No, he, he's Dick Van Dyke's son. Okay. And the other one was a Western star, his dad. Yeah. All right. So he tells Troy that they have to go to Galactica, and he wonders if they're ever going to land on Earth. Dylan asks Troy why he was always called Boxy as a kid. So have these two never met before? Because it seems like something you'd say to somebody when it's the first time you met him, right? Not like after you've known him for years. It, it does, it does. There's a lot of exposition going He's on. He's like, oh, by the way, I, I've known you for 10 years, and I've never asked you this, but why were you called Boxy as a kid? It does kind of fit, though, because one of the things that I will point out at various times as we go through this is neither of these two characters seem the brightest, do they? That's true. That's true. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he says to him every day. 
I mean, Starbuck and Apollo were never played like this. They weren't played like they were, you know... Gormless. Gormless, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we also learn that he's the kid from the original series, or supposed to be, Boxy. Somehow, Apollo yes. is his father. Cassiopeia, his mom. Is it Cassiopeia? No. That's right. No, yeah, no, no. Um, no, Cassiopeia was, was, the, was the prostitute, wasn't right, she? Right, it's the other one. one. Yeah. Who, right. I've met her. She's very nice. Okay. Um, Lorette, Lorette Sprang. Right. Her name is. Right. Yes. Yes. So You're did, thinking of Jane she... Seymour. Jane Seymour was his mum. That's right. Yes. I haven't met her. No. Yet. Okay. Dylan asks Troy if there's a problem with them landing on Earth. Troy says there might be. And then we cut to a shuttle heading to Galactica. At the council meeting, Adama appears to be giving a tourist information spiel about Earth, its size, how much is covered in water. It's like a tedious PowerPoint presentation. I mean, he should have just given them a pamphlet. It would have made it a lot easier. Yeah, everyone is sat watching. And why is Dr. Z again in a chair higher than everybody else? Is he, like, touchy about his height or something? No, no, he's strapped in. He's not been allowed to move since the last time we saw him. It's the same chair. They just wheel him around in it. Yeah, while while they revere him so much, they also mistreat him very badly as well. Ah, okay. Mm. Doctor Z takes over and starts a stock footage video of Los Angeles, <laughs> and he tells the audience all about the place. Dylan asks what the brown haze is over the city. Oh, must be a defense shield. Response: Try. And it, it's funny. Do you remember when we could make fun out of pollution because we figured we'd have solved it by now? Yes, yes. Uh, I wrote. I actually wrote a smog gag. Uh, those were the days, eh? A smog, smog gag. It was. Yeah, very smog. Yeah. yeah. So Dr. Z explains about the combustion engine and about the 20th century. He then shows a simulation of what would happen if the Cylons attack Earth. And the Cylons are shown attacking a set, uh, a street set, a street. <laughs> Sorry, a street, yes. <laughs> Destroying vitally important targets like newsstands. Yes. And the Capitol Records building. Yes. And did you read how they managed to achieve such amazing special effects shots? Took them from the film Earthquake. They did indeed, and then superimposed Cylon ships over the top of it. Badly. And we know who was in Earthquake? Charlton Heston. And yes, Lorn Green was in that film as well. Oh, do you think he was, like, as a dam, just scraping his beard and going, this all looks familiar? That would have been very meta before meta was a thing. Yeah, would have been. It would have been quite interesting if they actually used a shot of him from the movie. And everyone just looks at yeah. him. Mm, yeah. Mm, you've been to Earth before. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Would have played in with the whole weird time travel thing. But it would have been something. Yeah. Mm. So Doctor Z explains to the horrified council members that what they've just seen hasn't happened yet. It is a simulation of what would happen. If they did land, notice in the simulation, there's no shots of vipers defending Earth. Yes. Could, why couldn't they jump to our defense? Yeah, they don't. They're just going to watch. Mind um, you, they didn't, they didn't jump to the defense of their own colonies, though, did they? That's really? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, personally, I thought the council was just horrified at the poor CGI. <laughs> you know what they were horrified about? What? The bloody potholes in those roads. Well, they're not that horrified. They're doing nothing about it. Yeah, exactly. It's true to life. Now, Commander Xavier steps up to speak. He's our new bad guy, right? And he's played by Richard Lynch, who's amazing. Yeah. Best actor in this. Has he got some weird makeup on, though? No, it's his face. Oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
He points out that they can't go back because there's a Cylon force behind them. What do we do? Give up? Doctor Z says we need time. He says he should veer the Cylons away from Earth before they realise that was their goal. Well, how do we bloody do that? Asks Xavier. How can you veer them away? I mean, they're obviously close enough to land ships onto Earth, as we find out later. And you think the Cylons would be close enough to pick up the same radio signals? Would they bloody see it, wouldn't they? Yeah. Well, no, they see What's the that planet. What's big, that great, uh, great big planet over there? No, 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 they see a planet, but what he's saying is they don't know there's people on it that are like colonials. I suppose. But, but they I mean, would, because they'd be watching the same television. Yeah, yeah, they'd pick it up, wouldn't they? Yeah. Maybe the Cylons just aren't TV fans. You know, they're more, uh, they're more book readers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just see them reading books, sitting around. Well, they've got that one eye that goes left and right. It's perfect for reading. Yeah, it's useless for TV because it also makes a sound. <laughs> exactly. If you, you don't want that, imagine do you? going to a cinema with a cinema full of Cylons. All you can do is... I was <laughs> <laughs> like, could you, could you give me a little quiet down at the front? <laughs> Mind you, it wouldn't make a difference if you went to see a Marvel movie with them, would it? No, you don't need no, you don't need sound. It's just thumping. Yeah. You just noise. Yeah, that's true. And I like the things. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Doctor Z says they should bring Earth along to them slowly, subtly introduce mm-hmm. new technology, and gain their trust. And mm-hmm. they have to be careful because Earth is a warring planet with factions that could be as dangerous as the Cylons. Mm-hmm. Doctor Z suggests they send out teams to approach Earth scientists and key people, and enlist their help. Although, actually, he says, uh, key men. Well, Dr. Z, you little misogynist. Well, we, we see how much of a misogynist in a minute when he's got all these warriors uh, lined up. There's not a single woman amongst them. I, I'm pretty sure they had women warriors in the original series, yeah, wasn't, though, didn't they? wasn't Adama's daughter a warrior? Yeah, and we had Sheba as well. Yeah. Not, not the cat food. No, no. So they've gone backwards. They have, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They'll find people who will use their technology wisely. Later, Adama is walking with Troy, and he tells them that one problem is that Earth doesn't have a single government, no single person to negotiate with. Oh, how do they get together for their common good? Oh, they don't, replies Adama. Bit of politics. Yeah. Mm. Adama says there are people, though, who value freedom. But how do we stop from meeting the wrong people? Adama says, Dr. Z has come up with some interesting devices that will help. (laughs) Dr. Z briefs the teams. They have translators, but there will be gaps in the knowledge. And he announces he's invented an invisibility shield and makes a Viper fighter vanish. But it takes a lot of energy and can't be used for any great length of time. And Adama demonstrates the Viper is still there by throwing objects at it. And they bounce off the invisible fighter. Considering that, that it's got limited power and they can't use it very often, they use it a lot. Yeah, there's lots of questions about this that will come up. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and they will land in unpopulated areas. Adair tells them they've been briefed on how to conduct themselves when they do meet people. Oh, if only you had those classes, Paul. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. All right. The Vipers launch and they head to Earth. When they launch, doesn't someone say, may God go with you? Which god? Don't they have loads of gods? Yeah. No, they've got one. No, they've got one. So, so they've forgotten all the terminology for things. Yeah. They've got one god now. Yeah. What's happened in this 30 years? Yeah, that, that's more interesting than what we're seeing, right? The story oh, of how they changed. Yeah. I want to see the prequel series between set between the original Battlestar Galactica and Galactica 80. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, you know which Battlestar I bet all that happened on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm beginning to 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 work it out. Okay, yeah. you're blaming it all on them, are you? Yeah. All right. Okay. So Dylan and Troy are heading to the USA. Mm-hmm. And they're detected by radar, although nobody managed to detect the giant Battlestar, which is in orbit. <laughs> are they in orbit, though? Yeah, isn't there a shot with the planet and then the Battlestar just sitting there when they leave at the end? Yes, you're right. There, there is, yes. Yeah. So the US Air Force calls the president and launches fighters. Dylan detects them. And they try to lose the fighters without using turbos because they're limited on fuel. Mm-hmm. And the Air Force orders them to be shot down. One of the pilots communicates to them, at which point Troy orders them to go to turbos. So that, that little tension bit only lasted five seconds. <laughs> you know what this reminded me of? It? A lot, there's a lot of, of, of um, things in these episodes that reminded me of that Star Trek episode, original Trek episode, yes. where they go, they go back in time to the 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With that, is it Captain Christopher? He's an Air Force pilot, and they end up beaming him into the ship. And That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think so. Yeah, mm. yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. So um, the U.S. Air Force can't believe how fast they're moving, and they open fire, and we see a clip of a very different aircraft firing a missile. <laughs> Changes color. Didn't know they did that. Uh, you don't know what they've got. That's true. What they're working on. Back yeah. in 1980, they had all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Shoved up their sleeves. Okay. It's the right place for it. Yeah. Troy and Dylan then engage the invisibility shield. Now, I'm not sure why this would stop a missile. Because the Vipers are only invisible to the human eye. They're still there. They're those new kind of missiles that have eyes. Oh, yeah. so these missiles yes. are going, oh, who's he gone? <laughs> He's just floating around the sky going, he was here a minute ago. I could have sworn I'd seen him. These missiles developing a complex. They're going to have to go into therapy yeah. after this. They're like laying on a big chair going, well, I flew into a cloud and then he just disappeared. I don't know what happened. <laughs> calm, calm, calm down, calm down. You don't want to blow off. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want to blow it up into a big thing, do you? No, you don't. You don't. You don't. No. No. No, I'm, not, I'm not continuing it. You're okay. I know. I'm not. I'm not going to do any more. Okay. <laughs> I haven't got any more. Okay. So they reappear after flying through a cloud bank, losing the Air Force, mm-hmm. and they land on the ground and bring out some motorbike-looking vehicles. And they say <laughs> that Doctor Z tried to make them look like regular Earth bikes. Oh, try harder, Doctor Z. Really, try harder. <laughs> no, I, you know, as a kid, I used to think these looked really cool. Right, but as a grown-ass adult. They look like a bike with a load of stuff just stuck on it over the top. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 In fact, you can actually even see where the handlebars poke out. You can see the actual bike underneath it all, and it's just a bike. Don't ruin the magic. Magic? Hmm. <laughs> what show were you watching? I didn't see any magic. Oh. Troy activates invisibility shields on their ships, and they vanish. So here's the question. Why two Vipers? Because one of them's got a double seat in it, hasn't it? I assume That's they handy. both got double seats in. No, only one of them does. Oh. If you actually look, so, there's yeah, only so, one so that's got they... an extra seat. So why didn't they both use that? Ah, but they're going to need that extra seat later. Yeah, but they don't know that. And yeah, surely but, yeah, losing, but... having two Vipers causes a bigger issue than just <laughs> having one. Yeah, and then, because if you've only got the one, 
It's less for then you could double fight. up on the energy that's needed to 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 cloak two and just use it on the one. You yeah. get a longer cloak. Depends. Don't you? Depends. You could only carry so much energy in a viper. Oh, don't get technical. Don't get. <laughs> don't it do that. It doesn't matter because they 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 mess it up anyway. Do they? What a shocker! Yeah. So their plan <laughs> is to talk to Dr. Martison, a leading scientist in the field of clean nuclear energy, and they head to the Institute mm -hmm. of Technology, and they speed away. No, literally, they're sped up. They are, aren't they? Yeah, yeah I noticed that as well. Oh, just going back to the invisibility thing, why do we have to get that really annoying music cue every time they use it? Oh, it's like, you know, when you boot up Windows, you have the Windows chime? It, it is like yeah. that. It does, it, yeah. Dr. Z, he's a kid. He put it in. And they're like, oh, God, did he have to put that in? <laughs> That's another three weeks he's not getting out of that chair. Yeah. Yeah. So Dylan tests the backup system on these bikes, which is the fact that they can fly. How's that a backup? Isn't a backup <laughs> something that replaces something that doesn't work properly? Well, you know. That's a totally get... different function. Mm. Yeah. Just go with it. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got a backup for my left leg. It's a bazooka. It's like, wait. Oh, no, that, would be, that would be good. That would be good, actually. I changed my mind. That's a wrong yeah. analogy. That's excellent. <laughs> So they travel... these, these flying effects, though, they're, they're great, aren't they? They're a mixture of really piss poor and great. I'll explain yes. why. Yes. So they travel along the freeway. Dylan points out that everybody is staring at them and says they should pull over and change into other clothes they've been given. But some Hells Angels type bikers see them, and it's two of our favorite 80s biker actors, Brian James, also in Blade Runner, and Mikey Jones, or Mickey Jones. I'm not sure how he says it, but he's always a biker in every 80s american tv show i'm pretty sure he's wearing the exact same costume he wears in v as well really yeah, yeah right I... down to the gloves the fingerless gloves i'm pretty sure he's wearing the same getup. and i think he's in that episode of the 18 where they have to deal with some bikers as well yes he is yes <laughs> i'm pretty sure brian james turned up in an episode of the 18 as a biker as well yeah probably mm -hmm. yeah so they want dylan and troy to stop so they can have a good look at their strange bikes and they can't risk these guys getting a good look at them, so they're going to have to let them see more than they plan to and take off into the air. Yeah, well, that always happens when you let them see more than you plan to, isn't it? You always take off. Yeah, mm. more than you need to. More than you want to. Yeah. The back projection is dodgy, but I like the shots from the air of a piece of bike in front of the camera. Yeah, that's all right, because it looks like it's actually doing something. Yeah. But the back projection is just... Oh. It's woeful. It's woeful. There is worse back projection to come that is just yeah. in a car. But yes. So the bikers are stunned and we get that, you know, the scene when people are stunned on bikes, they crash into things. Yeah, why is everyone just suddenly driving off the road? Because oh, they're stunned, Paul. That's what you do when you're stunned. Do, do you think that um, a lot of this comes from the fact that you know, those sort of um, Smoking the Bandit cannibal movies were, were, were big at the time? It could be. It's that kind of yeah. style. Because we get more of that um, in the next episode, don't we? Yeah, it is that kind of style, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Dylan and Troy fly away. You do. That, that shot of them zooming up into the air from a distance looks quite good. Oh, you like that bit? Yeah, but they do reuse it a lot. Yes, they do. Yes. Yeah. So they find somewhere to land and they change clothes and they activate the invisibility of the bikes because the bikes have invisibility too. Yeah, everything's got it. Yeah. So Dylan and Troy arrive at a gas station just as a woman arrives and this is Jamie Hamilton. 
-hmm. We look at a phone box and activate the wrist devices, which tell them what a phone box is. Mm. It's a communication device. And this becomes a running joke. Yeah. In a minute, we find out they don't even know what a dollar is. I mean, Dr. Z is full of shit, isn't he? Yeah, what kind of briefing was that? Exactly. He doesn't know anything, does he? He just made it up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But he's been watching Earth TV. Yeah. How does he not know? I don't think he's he's obviously just been watching. No, and he's he's obviously just been watching um, American television as well. That's true. Yeah. And he doesn't know what a dollar is or a phone. Nope. Troy starts talking to the phone like it's a computer that can respond to voices. Jamie interrupts them because she needs the phone, but she doesn't have the right change. She asks them, but they don't have anything and have to look up what she means about money. So they mm-hmm. didn't even get told about money, which seems pretty basic. Yeah, exactly. She thi- yeah. She thinks they must have a credit card and she leaves. Troy decides that if the phone uses a card system, maybe they could hack it. He uses his wrist device and the phone spits out change. As they're picking it off the floor, Jamie returns. Now, she suddenly acts like she's the phone police. She takes the money from them, not sure what gives her the right, then tells them to take a hike because she has a call to make. And then she uses their change that she claims they stole to make the call. I'm sorry, that's just smart. All right. So we learn from a phone call that she's a journalist and she has a job interview at a news station run by some big shot called Mr. Brooks. She mm-hmm. tells him she's going to be late for the interview. She leaves the phone booth and says to the guys, I thought I told you two to take a hike. Where, where did she become the ruler of the phone booth? And she's still stealing that cash. <laughs> she's rubbing me up the wrong way, pal. So I've heard, yeah. Try and Dylan say they didn't have anything to do with the phone booth spitting out money and tells her they're going to see Dr. Martinson at the Pacific Institute of Technology and can they have a ride? When she hears where they're going and who they're going to see, she changes her tone and agrees to give them a lift. And he says, oh, does your machine fly too? Yeah, because they don't know. <sighs> so they arrive at the Pacific Institute of Technology and there's a protest going on outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't bring back Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> no, it's not that. Or bring it back, just not like that one, yeah. Because of Dr. Martison's research into nuclear power, but so far hasn't been successful with creating clean energy, people are protesting about the damage a nuclear accident could cause, especially with the history of inadequate safeguards and planning. Mm-hmm. Dylan and Troy get out of the car. Troy mm-hmm. thinks he can help Dr. Martison find the answer. Inside the Institute, Martison is agitated by the protest. He feels a just misunderstanding his work. Yes, and he launches into a monologue. He does, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> oh, what? here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just generally just clearing my throat, mate. Oh, thank God for that. I was panicking for a second um, then. Morrison says you need time to figure out how to deal with nuclear energy, but you don't just stop. You work at trying to understand it. And he's telling this to his assistant and looking at a complicated formula on a monitor. And as he's talking, a rock is thrown through his window. It cuts him and he goes away to get cleaned up. She's obviously got a thing for him as well, hasn't she? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Dylan and Troy enter the building and tell security guard that they're here to speak to Dr. Martinson. The guard <laughs> checks the list and as he's about to say he can't find them, Troy takes out a weapon and freezes the guard. I mean, not icy cold, just immobilizes him like a statue. <laughs> like, it's something we've never seen before, right? Yes, they never had stun. 
no. settings on the that throws people. Yes. I, I'm going to think Doctor Z is to Galactica what Bonnie or April is to Knight Rider. <laughs> I will. I will say though that I was very impressed with all this protest going on outside. They've just got this one old security guy. Yeah, well, they're all the hippies, right? So I guess they just thought the. Oh, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad. <laughs> we don't want to get those on. Rub those oh, up the wrong yeah. way. <laughs> I don't want to rub, <laughs> upset hippies from the 70s. No, you don't want to rub a hippie up the wrong way. You don't know no, what he's going to do. He'd pop off for like, you know. Whew. Yeah, all that incense. I'm not going to say that that's incensing me to uh, violence. violence. I, oh, yes. no, I'm glad you didn't because that would be terrible. Yes, I'm not going to do that. I'd fire you. We, we get accused of doing too, too many dad jokes. I'm not going to do that. Oh, that's disappointing. That's all we know. I know. Well, yeah. you know. Well, you know. <laughs> oh, the, the the look of indignancy on your face, then. <laughs> the only one keeping this thing going. <laughs> yes, that's true. So they find which office is Mortison's, and they get in the elevator. The guard mm-hmm. wakes up. He contacts security and alerts them to the two intruders. Dylan and Troy enter the office, and they speak to his assistant. Now they see some of his farmers, and Troy says that, oh, Mortison is on the right track. The woman thinks they're joking, because these are incredibly complicated formulas security calls up and tells her they're looking for two men and she realizes it's the two stood near her the security guard asks if they're there and she says yes but try not to give it away but dnt suspects something is up that's dylan and troy yes 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 much to the woman's horror troy changes some pets to the formula she can't stop them and then they leave outside and security guard confronts them and they have no choice for some reason but to give up <laughs> yeah, they forget that they can turn invisible, don't they? Which we find out later. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, that's true. They could just turn, yes. That would be the moment to use it, really. Yeah, it Not be. later when they've already been captured. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Back in the office, the woman turns off Mortison's screen. Gibberish, she says. Oh, she must have had the script on it. <laughs> Surely he's got a backup somewhere. You just have it sitting on the screen, doesn't it? <laughs> that's just the 80s. No, no one thought of backing things up. No. <laughs> He's like, oh, I have to press record and play on the tape. <laughs> Mar- he never wrote it down on a bit of paper. Nope, nope. I mean, wow. in fairness to her, though, it does look like gibberish. It does, lots of lines. But yeah. then again, we're not mathematicians, are we? Speak for yourself. Madison returns. She tells him that some of the protesters got into the lab and that they ruined his formula. Madison looks at it. He's shocked by what he sees. She tells him they were just hoodlums. But Martin realizes they fixed the formula and that these hoodlums are as important as the second coming of the Messiah. Do you think he says that about most things? Like this pizza delivery is the most important thing of <laughs> the coming of Christ. <laughs> yeah, <that would> be... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, could you fetch me my slippers? Oh, these slippers are as important as the second coming <laughs> of the Messiah. <laughs> You go, oh, that never gets old, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At United Broadcasting Station, Jamie's waiting for her interview. A phone call for her comes through. It's the police. It's Dylan calling for help from the police station. He asks her to call Dr. Martinson. But she sees the news broadcast about them being arrested at the Institute and calls them terrorists and hangs up. Brooke's assistant, who has listened to this conversation, mm-hmm. starts to worry that Jamie's some kind of nut. She's a bit of a, a bit of a, I hesitate to use the word <coughs> bitch. Probably, probably don't use it then. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I don't like you know? her character. No, no, there's there's a lot. Of, I mean, the the guy that runs the thing, he's not that great either, is he? No, no, no. I mean, they took shortcuts to make them the the bar the blocks. In the, yes. For the um, yes. It's a bit too much. Now, Dr. Mortensen calls and he wants to speak to Jamie. Brooks's assistant is bewildered because they've been trying to get it into the doctor for a long time, but he shuns publicity. But here he is talking to some lowly reporter with no experience. Jamie takes the call. Brooks' assistant calls Brooks and tells him he's needed urgently. Dr. Mortensen tells Jamie he needs to know about her two friends. He thinks she's one of them, but she says she doesn't know them and it's all a mistake that she can't help him. Meanwhile, Mr. Brooks has been listening and sees a chance of getting an exclusive. He tells her if she wants a job at this station, she needs to agree to see Martison. So she does. Yeah, doesn't Martison say to Jamie, I was hoping you might be one of them? Yes. A yeah. bit personal, isn't it? Yeah, just a touch. Especially back in 1980. You yeah. Know, you, had to, you had to keep that on the down low back then, didn't you? If you were a Galactican. Oh, well, right, yeah, you know. yeah. At the police station, the police find that Dylan and Troy don't have fingerprints. What? Why? <laughs> I don't know. They have noses, they have beards and <laughs> hair, and they have everything else that we apparently have, and they are, after all, like linked to us ancestrally. But for maybe, some reason... Maybe there was a cut know. scene where they made them burn their fingerprints off. Yeah, it's just like, ah! ah! <laughs> screaming, and they're outside going, what's going on in there? Oh, you don't want to know, but you'll be, you'll be going in there soon. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Troy demands to talk to Martinson, but they refuse his request. Then a phone call comes through. Some big shots want to come over and talk to Dylan and Troy, and they throw them in a holding cell. They do. Dylan and Troy realize if they don't get out of jail soon, then the power and the invisibility shields for the ships will stop working. Everybody will see the vipers. So they activate their own force fields and vanish. So we're told that these invisibility shields use a lot of power. Yet mm -hmm. the risk computers have enough power in them to be a database, a communicator, and run these personal invisibility shields. Where's the battery? <laughs> I, I think there's a cutscene in which Dr. Z is holding a long cylindrical object and tells him well this is the battery pack where does that go says troy just as dr z calls for some lube <laughs> Ooh. Uh, oh, yeah. you've had a battery pack in your time <laughs> i'm not saying i wouldn't turn the mission down is what <laughs> no we'd have to think twice about it twice yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, I need to go get a drink or two before I take that battery pack. He's like, you know what you could do with that battery pack? You take it and stick it where the sun doesn't shine. They're like, yeah, that's exactly what we're going to do with it. <laughs> What's your point? Yeah, you are right, though. None of this makes any sense whatsoever. No. 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 And what, what, they never even mentioned that they had personal invisibility Nope. Devices, just, did they? They just said the sh all he told them was that the ships had it. Yeah. And nope. then the bikes had it, and now they've got them as well. Yep. Yep. <sighs> so there's a drunk in the cell who sees them vanishing and then wins an award for overreacting. Uh, it reminds me of the drunk in, again, going back to classic Trek, um, City on the Edge of Forever that bumps into McCoy. Ah. Yeah, you, you don't you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Oh, was that, uh, well, uh, 
Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, I'll just cut that in. No, All right. No. Uh, he yells for help. Now, wouldn't it have been great if the drunk just hadn't yelled and he's just fallen asleep and Troy and Dylan are just stood there invisible for hours? <laughs> They're just looking at each other going, well, we could call, I suppose. You'd have fun with the drunk, though, wouldn't you, before you left? <laughs> no, no, not, not like that. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on. <laughs> I just went... Turning invisible, then become invisible, then turning invisible again. Standing in a different place every time you become visible. Yeah, there's not really much fun you could have then, really, is the part. You just... Oh, I'd enjoy it. it oh, would, okay. It would amuse me for a good a But good you'd hour. be the drunk. <laughs> so... I thought you mean. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, the cop turns up and believes that Dylan and Troy have gone. He opens the door. Troy and Dylan knock him over and escape. Mm-hmm. Back at the field with the vipers are packed, a kid is playing with his dog. <sighs> he sees the vipers as they reappear and he runs off to tell his dad and we get to be continued. Yes. And that, that was the end of episode one. Whew. It was, yeah. The second episode begins with a recap and then starts with the kid running home. The kid reaches his house and tells his parents he's seen a spaceship. Why does he think it's a spaceship and not just like some kind of plane? Because it doesn't really look like a traditional spaceship. It doesn't. It just looks like a like a very souped-up fire, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Now, this family, this family as well, they look like um, the worst commercial family you've ever seen. I was waiting for them to sell me some Kellogg's cornflakes or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, first his dad ignores him and he thinks he's telling tales. He's also annoyed that his son has brought dirt on the floors that his wife has cleaned. <laughs> his dad agrees to look at the spaceship once the kid has eaten his vegetables and helped his mother clean up the mud he brought in on his dirty shoes. Notice he's not going to clean it, his wife is. If I was there, I'd be like, hey, you clean it. I've done it once already, you sexist pig. <laughs> right on. <laughs> <laughs> Thatcher, eh? <laughs> Wait, what are we... You bed Elton now? Mm, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Back with Jamie, Mr. Brooks is fitting her with a secret radio mic so they can record a conversation with Dr. Mortison and find out the doctor's connection to the terrorists. Well, you say it's secret, but they're parked in a van at the end of the street. Yes. <laughs> with, with, with the doors open. That's right. With the radio <laughs> communication equipment visible and then yelling at her, go, go do it. Pointing at her and stuff. No one seems to be able to see them other than her. Did you notice that? Well, they I don't don't try and Dylan look at them and say like <laughs> they they see them. They see them, right? Um, okay. Yeah. Jamie walks past the police station, and Dylan and Troy turn off their invisibility cloaks and appear. So, how long would they stood there for, and how long would they have continued to just stand outside the police <laughs> station? Did, did they run out and then realize they had no idea where they were? <laughs> well, with these two, that's probably likely. Yeah, they're like, and then they just stood around. They're like, "Oh, thank God, she's turned up." <laughs> so this, they know she's working for a news company because they've heard the conversation between her and Brooks, mm-hmm. and they heard her not to do this to the doctor. And yeah. they see the doctor down the street to meet him. Now, because of Dylan and Troy completing the formula, he knows that they're not from Earth because nobody on Earth could have done it. To the news people listening, none of this makes sense. Troy suggests they go somewhere else because they're being watched, and he looks back towards the van. It doesn't doesn't the uh, newspaper guy call Troy and Dylan losers? Yeah, it was like, why is she spending time with these two losers? He's not wrong. No, he's not. <laughs> it's kind of what everybody said. It turned off, right? 
pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why, why am I spending time with these losers every week? Yeah. Click. <laughs> yep. So they want to ditch Jamie, but she says if they don't take her along, she'll go to the police. That's a line she'll use constantly for the next two episodes. It is, yes, yes. They all get into the car. Back in the park, the kid leads his dad to the Viper. Now, on Galactica, Commander Xavier is complaining that nobody has heard from Madame's nephew. Xavier says they should not wait anymore, but they should use the Time Warp Synthesizer, which <clears throat> is suddenly a thing. <laughs> time Warp Synthesizer. Didn't Howard Jones use that in about 1982? Yeah, get that wobble effect. Yeah, yeah. So they should go into the past and introduce modern tools to them, to Earth, mm -hmm. and speed up their advancement, introduce yes. atomic energy and electronics. Yeah. Adam says the Time Warp has never been tested. It could cause immense damage. Xavier says, let's do the time warp again. Uh. It's just a jump to the left. <laughs> yeah, I'm only groaning because I had a similar joke written down, yeah. which I can't do now. So. It, says, uh, it says it could cause immensely. So, couldn't they just use this time warp device to go back in time to just before the Cylons launched a surprise attack on Cobol and be ready for them? Yeah, but then they'd have to drive all the way back to uh, Cobol, drive. wouldn't they? Well, yeah, know what I mean, but <laughs> they'd have to go all the way back. And they just spent the 30 years away, remember? No. Right, but what point did they invent this? Couldn't, couldn't this time, as soon as this invented, couldn't they have said, hey, let's just turn around and go back? I suppose. And use yes. this. Yes. Or yes. let's use the time warp now and then go back. And when we'll be back, we'll be in the same place and we'll not have gone anywhere. Yeah, because if they're going to in invent time travel... You, you, you'd invent it for a reason, wouldn't you? You wouldn't just suddenly go one day, oh, what? I've invented time travel. Accidentally. Why? Yeah, why? Why? You'd have a plan, wouldn't you? It's like I was building a woman robot, but I invented time warp instead. But you, you see what I'm saying? You, yeah. you, would have, you would have something that you're working towards. You yeah. wouldn't suddenly go, I think today I'll invent time travel. No. Uh, ah, I think yesterday I'll invent time travel. <laughs> Very good, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, you, you, there's a reason you do it. Mm, yeah. That's silly. This is a bad idea, this. But but the, the central premise of, of, of going back to try and advance Earth's technology and meddle with time, it is an interesting idea. It's just done very badly. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Yeah. Xavier says that she should put it before... You know, I have a problem with Xavier because that's the name of one of those kids that we learned in French class that, in those <laughs> books, right? It was always called Xavier. <laughs> Xavier says, Le chat dans le table. Tricolor. Yeah. Those books. Those tricolor books. Yeah, right? Xavier, right? Mm -hmm. So every time I say it, I just think of that. Adama points out that the council has never gone against Dr. Z and the doctor has never been wrong. So what's the point of a council then? I've always said that. Well, yeah, because they just got this leader, Doctor Z, that they just mm. do whatever he says. Yeah, what is the point of a council? Yeah, Xavier says he's a great leader, and if he goes back in time, he can deliver a world that can defeat the Cylons. He, his his idea is is not without, you know, you should look at it. I think. Oh, really? You, you, yeah, you're on. Yeah, you're I can on... see his point of view. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Okay, I'm on, yeah. I'm on his side. I have to say. Oh, yeah, you think meddling with history is a good idea? <clears throat> well, I mean, it couldn't be any worse, could it? That's true, yeah. I mean, you'd go back and meddle with your history, wouldn't you? Yeah. 
<laughs> that day, nineteen eighty-four, when you met me. <laughs> You're not denying it. <laughs> I was just running it through my head. Yeah, you're all right. Think on. <laughs> Back on Earth, Dr. Martinson has been trying to lose the news van, but it's still chasing him. Now Dylan takes over driving the car, although he admits he's never driven before. What does he mean, she says? The Jamie says. Martin says that maybe where they're from, they don't have cars. Where could they be from where they don't have cars, replies Jamie, who for a journalist is really slow on the uptake. She is, she is. It's unfortunate. Do you think if this was a male character, she'd have been written that way? I don't think I don't no, think it would have been. Would no, it? I don't think it would have been. No, no. That's that's quite that's quite disappointing. I yeah. think. So they drive crazily around on an obvious set. And it looks like the set that they use in T.J. Hooker a lot. I think it's the set everybody uses when mm. they want to have a little city type thing. It's just a back lot, isn't it? That's yeah, it is. it's one. I think it's the same one that the A team use when they go to New York. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Dylan somehow manages to put the car on two wheels and then continues driving around the streets on two wheels. Yeah, he's a full-on stunt driver in about two minutes. Yeah. Cops give chase, and mm -hmm. the news van is still chasing them too, and they think that Modson is being kidnapped. The car screams around the streets. Now, Dama tries to contact them through their wrist device. They can't answer him, but Troy says they need to leave and meet up with Dr. Modson later. Modson says he needs the rest of the formula. Troy says, call it a sign of good faith. He'll get the rest later. He never does, though. No. Well, they say it's like Marston should keep quiet about them. Mm -hmm. Jamie, yet again, refuses to leave her side. Finally, Dylan crashes the car into a store. It's a nice stunt. Yeah. Mm. It cuts to Brooks standing outside the store, saying the terrorists got away. Yeah, they don't show us how they got away. Well, I presume that they used their... Um... Yeah, they did. You're right. Yes. Yeah, Marston managed to escape. Really, they didn't leave. They just went invisible and made Jamie invisible, too. So now... you. You don't have to make yourself invisible. You can make whatever you're touching invisible. Well, you say that, but in uh, episode three, we find out that that doesn't matter either. Oh, it's mm. very, very strange, this technology. It's fast and loose invisibility Yeah, is what it is. Yeah. So they cut to Troy and Dylan arriving at the Viper with Jamie. Jamie starts mm -hmm. arguing with them. How dare you come in and mess up my life? Sirens can be heard in the distance. Now Jamie thinks she's a fugitive. Let me go mm -hmm. with you and get the complete story, she demands. And this is why they brought the Viper with the extra passenger seat. Yeah. Well, that's thinking mm. ahead. Maybe they used it... a time warp synthesizer and they were like, oh, shit, we need two Vipers, one with an extra seat. All these two guys aren't as dumb as we've made them out to be. Yeah, you were wrong about them. I was, yeah. A police car pulls up with the kid and his dad, but they're too late. Try and Dylan take off and head into orbit. Jamie and the Viper watches Earth move away as they head further into space. They approach mm -hmm. Battlestar Galactica. Oh, finally, Jamie gets it. She realizes, uh, you know, they're not just from out of town. She takes it very well, though, when she does get it. Yeah, she does. The Viper heads to Galactica. Meanwhile, Galactica's detected that a woman is with them, which is against orders. Not that there's orders against having a woman in your Viper, or Starbuck would have been in trouble all the time. <laughs> I don't know. We've established that in this 30-year period, there are no women in, uh, That's true. Yeah, you know. so maybe now it's a rule. Yeah, they've yeah. they've become a, a sexist, um, totalitarian regime in the last yeah. thirty years. Yeah, led by the Milky Bar kid, <laughs> or led by the conservative guy. <laughs> That's just lost us fifty percent of our listeners. 
you think that there's those conservative supporters that listen to us? Yeah, most of them think you're very right wing. What? <laughs> <laughs> Her Paul, they call you. Her Paul? Yeah. <laughs> That's not right, is it? <laughs> <laughs> there is an irony to the name, I agree. <laughs> Uh, just that they so no, it's not that they just they have orders not to bring anybody up from Earth. So right. they land in Galactica. Jamie realizes the Battlestar is as big as a city, and Troy reveals they're not from Earth. The mm-hmm. door opens and Adam is revealed naked except for a flower protruding from his wispy beard. No, not really. I made that up. <laughs> um. Okay. So Troy and Dylan take Jamie to meet Adama. And uh, she pulls out a dictaphone on him and scares the crap out of him. That's right, because he's not allowed microphones anymore. We've discussed that. Obvious. Ah, you see, I didn't realise that was what was going on. Yeah. Yes, because he used to have something very similar, didn't he? Yeah, but now he's not allowed it because of it, the, the incident. So if she the whipped, incident. If she whipped out a spoon, he would started talking into her. Well, he's getting on. I mean, Alzheimer's is probably kicking in at this point, isn't it, really? Was he a soul singer from the 70s? Alzheimer's? <laughs> Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah, difficult second album, but, yeah. you know. Well, he'd forgotten <laughs> he'd done it. <laughs> so, uh, Adama isn't happy about bringing her on board. Nope. Try and Dylan explain what's happened with Dr. Mortensen. But Adama says that... Um, all that I'll have to wait, as Xavier has stolen a ship and time travelled back to 1944. Yeah, he's like, you think you've got problems? <laughs> <laughs> when you hear this shit? <laughs> Where did he pull 1944 from? Because, uh, uh, yeah, actually, that would have been, oh, I guess because that's when the what, the missile technology came in, right? But you're, you're choosing to jump back. Okay, let's let, let's... Put aside the fact that he's choosing to, to side with the Nazis, okay? Yeah. But he's choosing to side with the Nazis at the point where they're losing the war. Yeah, you would have chosen the point where at the height of the powers, right? And then yes. just continue. And then that. give them the technology. Yeah, brought the missile technology forward. Yes. Yeah. Yep. No, you're right. It's a bad mm-hmm. idea. It Maybe is. he hasn't got full co- well, I was gonna say he hasn't got full control of it, but then the others go to the same place, so that's right, yeah. So they can pick and choose where they want to go, obviously. Yeah. So he intends to advance Earth technology so that they can catch up with Galactica. That's yeah. his plan. Yes, his so plan, they can yeah. fight the Cylons. Yeah. It's not It's not an evil plan, really, is it? Well, it's, it's, I, I guess... Well, it's meddling with someone else's history. It's not very nice, but... but... It, 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 it only comes across as evil because he's chosen the Nazis. If he'd chosen... The British or the or, or the Americans, we wouldn't be looking at it the same way, would we? No, I see your point. You know? Yeah. So Jamie is amazed that they can travel through time. Right. As everyone else. <laughs> I was flabbergasted. Yes. I filled the cup. I hope you cleaned it up. I did. Yes, good. But Adama wisely says, oh, we'll explain it all later. Yeah, that's how you, that's how you deal with it. She she specifically asks, how does it work? And he says, oh, we'll get to that later. We'll get... <laughs> Don't bother about it. Ask Dr. Z. Ask, yeah, ask him. But he's not seen a girl before, so you won't get much from him. And he's still strapped to that chair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine those? Oh, that white suit's going to... Yeah. 
It's going to whiff a bit, isn't it? Yep. So Dylan gives Jamie a, a lecture on making sure that uh, every preparation is made before going on a dangerous mission, especially one involving time travel. Yeah, which they've never done before. So I don't know where he gets all this idea and knowledge from. Yeah, they've been so careful up to this point, haven't they? Yeah, suddenly he's all like, hey, look at me, I know all about it. Well, I mean, they didn't even know what, what money was. Right. Even though they have money, mm-hmm. they have well, they have credits, credits right? Yeah, because they yeah. the Starbucks was always gambling. It's not a wild jump from credits to, to dollars and cents, is it? No, I mean, I'm sure not. you can work it out, can't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> you know. So um, we get some more time with Dr. Z, Joy. Yeah, yeah. As he explains that Jamie's knowledge of Earth history could come in handy on this mission. It does, except uh, knowledge of history is about as deep as a cereal packet. <laughs> that doesn't stop a later, though, does it? No. No. From imparting all that knowledge to uh, everyone. Actually, I've just remembered what the explanation for uh, time travel is. It's once you go faster than light, you go back in time. That's all you need. That's, that's all they say. <laughs> I just remember that's what they say. That's it. So Jamie then gives us all a, a Second World War history lesson, doesn't she? Yes, like mm. World War Two for dummies. Bye, a dummy. And I think this is where the educational value of the programming ah, okay. into it. Yeah. Well, we've we've seen it before. The the talk about governments and things like yeah. that. Yeah. It turns out that Xavier's travelled to 1940s Germany. Yeah. I suppose it makes sense because, as they say, they, they were already developing rocket technology at that point. Yes. But as we've also said, should have gone back earlier. Yeah. So Dylan, Troy, and Jamie they launch. Oh, they have little crackers. Bit of bread. Nice one. Oh, sorry. Crackers? Sorry, launch, not launch. Launch, not launch. Sorry, misheard you. And we uh, we have a conversation about time travel, which still made more sense than uh, time crystals in Discovery, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it does. It does, yeah. But this is very Superman way of... Uh... It is. Let's spin it backwards and see what happens. Yeah, reverse the yeah. rotation. But weirdly, though, aren't you happier with that than time crystals yes i am because time crystals is stupid it is <laughs> not not spinning the earth backwards no that's, that's fine. fine crystals yeah. stupid it is though it, it, it's weird isn't it that, that i just can't accept time crystals yeah we're talking about just just for anyone that doesn't watch um star trek we're talking about star Most trek people. discovery yeah time crystals less said the better yes so everything goes all disco as we uh, engage mm. the time synthesizers. Yep, lots of lights. Lots of lights lots and of spinning things, yeah. Bit, bit of time on the moog. Yes. So upon arriving in the past, everything turns white. Yeah. No doubt, making good use of those white costumes and props that we had in the original Battlestar Galactica. Yes, I, I didn't know that that's what happens to your laundry. I didn't know that my, my washing machine was a time-traveling device. A time warp synthesizer. Who knew? What's the point of that? I don't get like why they even included it, because it serves no purpose. Well, Troy explains, doesn't he, that it's the synthetic clothing materials that uh, are reacting to the time warp. Yeah, but... And he says something about magnetic stress loads. But what's the point of it? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have any effect on anything other than make the clothes go white, and it's gone in the next scene when they change clothes. So why even Mm. have it? And they're going to get dirty. Yeah, so I don't understand what the 
Who, why write it? It's a whole scene you could get rid of and you'd never notice. Very true. I, I, I'm just trying to think what it represents. Maybe it's a metaphysical thing about goodness. I don't know. Oh, I think you're you're Reaching? you're giving yes. it too much credit. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then we get uh, some war movie stock footage. Oh, do we ever? Now, I yeah. counted von Ryan's Express. Oof. Okay. And also a George Peppard V2 movie, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, it's Operation up. Crossbar. That's the one. Yes, yeah. I knew you'd know it. Yeah. yeah. So we get we see some Messerschmitts la- launching. Mm-hmm. We do. Yeah. Yes. And uh, then we cut to some of the campus Nazis that I've ever seen discussing uh, how badly the war is going, and uh, hopefully they're close to finishing their rocket technology soon. Yes. They're, yeah. they're very camp. Yeah, I've seen camper. Have you? Yeah, there's a where, where? Uh, Monty. You've been Python. hanging out in those hanging out in those bars again. <laughs> there's a Monty Python magazine that came out in the '60s that has an article about a German tank commander that wears pink, and it's called the Pink Panzer. <laughs> Am I not allowed to find that funny? No, I don't know. It's, it's Monty Python. Oh, it's I classic think. then, isn't it? They're yeah. fine. Yeah, right. Although, actually, I don't know, John Cleese, all of a sudden. Yeah, he's that's not... true. Yeah. Mm. Always your heroes, right? I was always a Palin person. But... Ah, ah, mm. right. So, um, we get some more German stock footage as uh, our heroes are attacked by uh, Messerschmitts. Well, you say Messerschmitts, mm. because when they actually open fire, they magically turn into hurricanes and spitfires. Do they really? Yeah. <laughs> they, they try to darken it so you can't see, but it's obvious that they are. So whoever acquired the footage didn't even care to check it was the right kind of plane. You're getting all professional now, aren't you? Not really. I just think it sums up the attitude towards this series. How they just didn't give a shit. It, it's the uh, it'll do apis- um, attitude, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. feels like it. And mm-hmm. I, I have less respect for that now because, like, I think about it. It's like, why why should I watch it and try and enjoy it when even the people making it couldn't care less? Well, especially after what you said about them uh, trying to get the least amount of rating so they could yeah. get cancelled. Yeah. Well, Jamie wants to blow the Nazis out of the sky, but um, Troy and Dylan explain that they can in case killing anyone could alter the timeline. Ah. Mm, I find that a weird insert don't you into all this like why would the show matter why would yeah. it care why would it care about that you know yeah i mean later on they don't anyway that's true yes so instead they just hit the turbos and uh, zoom off into mm. the clouds don't yeah. they? we get a comedy moment where a, a german pilot thinks that he's been firing on his own experimental aircraft so then our three heroes land and they cloak their ships to that annoying uh, music cue again. <laughs> and they apparently land in the same field that they landed in 1980 for some reason. <laughs> it was the same field, wasn't it? Oh, yes. That wasn't, that wasn't, wasn't Germany. Me. No. no. It's the same field in Los Angeles or wherever they did it. Maybe it's twinned. Ah, yes. It's just a sign. Yes. Twin, Los Angeles twinned with just outside... No, Lurgenferger. Yeah, Mergenferger. Lurgenferger. Oh. Yes. Bless you. Oh. Yeah. But they're all called that, aren't they? Oh. Have we got listeners in Germany? We have, haven't we? Oh, no, not uh, anymore. <laughs> not anymore, no. Oh. Well, we didn't, we didn't lose them uh, 
in the past, and we've we've uh, I'm sure we've upset them before. So yeah, yes, we are English at the end of the day. <laughs> Is that an excuse? <laughs> okay, all right. Wow. So, so then we get some more stock footage of anti-aircraft guns shooting down Allied bombers. Right. And uh, we see a pilot bail out, and our heroes run over to help him. Yeah, well, Jamie wants to get involved. The others are not too keen, but no, she no. runs off anyway. Unfortunately, a German patrol is also on its way. Mm. Now, at first, the pilot is uh, suspicious of everyone. Yeah, you would be. They're all wearing silly costumes. Yep. Until he hears the, that they sound American, and then he seems to soften up a bit. Yeah, he'd think he'd get more annoyed. <laughs> but he does say that he can't take a chance, and he runs off. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the German patrol arrives, but Dylan scares them by firing at a couple of trees with his laser gun, setting them on fire. Yeah, not changing the course of history at all. What are you implying that those trees went on to uh, <laughs> contribute to uh, history in some big way? Yeah, you don't know. They set it off as a sapling, mm-hmm. then they were grown, and then they could have turned into big thick mighty oaks and then the wood could have been taken down and then the wood could have been used as something else and then that could have changed the course of history (laughs) i I really thought you were going somewhere and then you just said something else oh i couldn't think of what to say (laughs) (laughs) if i had time to write it down i probably could come up with something yes yes (laughs) but i actually meant that these german guys have now seen laser guns yes because they're going to tell someone aren't they yeah so should have just killed them. Yeah, it would have been easier. Yeah, you probably changed history no matter what, so you should have just killed yeah. them. Really. Yeah. <clears throat> so the pilot's then captured by some of the worst aiming Germans I've ever seen. Stormtroopers again. Yep. Literally, stormtroopers. I know, so I said it. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but then Troy and Dylan jump out of a tree. They, uh, they tackle the guards and have a bit of a punch up. Yep. And then they stun them with the uh, guns yeah. that can now stun people. Yeah, they're not using the lasers this time. No, no. They've got these little things, haven't they? These little gun yeah. things. Well, wait, yeah. is it not the same gun? No, they've got these little stun gun things. Well, you accidentally pull out the wrong gun. <laughs> well, doesn't something similar happen? Well, don't they say that the laser guns have stun settings anyway? Yes, but he's got a little gun. They've got little stun guns as well. That's I think. very confusing. There's a lot of guns for when, yeah, when you'd one. You'd simplify it, just, wouldn't you? Yeah, just use one. One's got a stun setting and a kill setting, so use that. You, you, you need to get that memo in to Adama. Yeah. All right, dear Adama. <laughs> dear Love Adama. The beard. <laughs> but <laughs> this thing about the lasers and the stun guns, the lasers are also stun guns. So why have we also got stun guns? Can we have one or the other? Yes, sincerely. Battlestar Clusterfuck. <laughs> well, we know what's going to happen there, don't we? <laughs> P.S. We've just blown up the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> what a clusterfuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, sufficiently satisfied that they're trustworthy now, the pilot, Major Stockwell... Sufficiently explain... satisfied? Yes, he is. Okay. He's twiddling his moustache. Ah. It's a fine moustache as well that he's got. Yeah, they all had back then. What, in the 40s? Yeah, even the women. Oh, right, okay. Your kind of women. Yeah, mustachioed. Yeah, (laughs) 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 mustachioed. So Major Stockwell explains that he's on a secret mission to sabotage German rocket technology. Right. 
He's not very secret, is he? He's no. just telling these people that he's just met. That's true. He doesn't even trust them. He doesn't trust them, but he's telling them that he's a spy, that he's he's there to sabotage technology. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm it'll sure all work fine. out. So Troy tells Stockwell that they all need to work together. Ah. So the gang get to a train station where Germans are loading Jews onto a train. And at this point, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? We're, we're, we're dealing with the Holocaust now? Yeah, Schindler's List. This has took a turn, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's got a bit dark. Mm. And then we get another uh, history lesson from Jamie where she talks about the final solution. Right. Tea time television at six o'clock on BBC Two, right? Yeah, fun little sci-fi show. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So in the middle of all this uh, final solution talk, we also get a gag about misunderstanding terminology, don't we? Oh, uh, we do. Yes. yes, yes. It's just the fact that we get a gag in the middle of all this final solution talk. Maybe somebody <laughs> thought it's a little dark. Let's lighten the mood. <laughs> yeah, because that'll work, won't it? Yeah, put a gag in it. So, what? Yeah, don't mind. Keep going. <laughs> Alright. So uh, then we see a little uh, girl who uh, manages to get away from the guards and she runs um, she runs, chased by a guard. Yeah. Uh, Troy grabs her and Dylan fires, forgetting to put his weapon on stun. Felga carb, he says. Yeah. So they haven't completely forgotten all that, have this they? This is the only time it's used. It is. It is. We don't we don't get a frack or anything. Story of your life, isn't also, it? <laughs> so that that guy, the spy he yes. says to him, oh, you have strange terminology. And, I, and I, I found the word terminology an odd one to be using in mm. the 1940s. So I had to look it up, but found out it's from the late 1800s. So, you know. Terminology? Knew? Yes. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, so. But I still you think start, it's weird. You're starting to sound, sound like right. Jamie. You're starting to sound like Jamie now. Oh, am I? Yeah, you're giving me a history lesson. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. But I just felt it's, it still sounds weird. It, it does. It does, doesn't it, in this yeah. setting? Yeah. Mm. So in Germany now, our heroes skulk through the streets until Stockwell takes them to meet his spy contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just so they've still got this little girl with them as well. Yes, yes. Yes. So Stockwell explains what's happened so far and that although his suspicions about Troy and Dylan are still there, he thinks that they're on his side. He does, yeah. Now, a spy's go, he's not that great, is he? No, he's, he's <clears throat> very obvious. He tells everybody everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the resistance uh, contact tells them that the Germans are planning to launch a, uh, a new rocket tomorrow. But suddenly a patrol Ooh, turns new up. New rocket! Well, you would do, really, wouldn't you? You've gone to all that trouble. Yeah, yeah. And it's a big one as well. Uh, it is. Nothing better than a big rocket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> So a patrol turns up, but as they enter the building, Dylan and Troy turn themselves and Jamie invisible. Yeah, so now we can do everybody. They can't? What? Well, not everybody, because only the girl, like, he doesn't, they, at no point did they help to save anybody else. Oh, no, no, no. Well, you wouldn't, would you? No, that's true. Yeah. So the resistance uh, is captured, mm-hmm. along with the little girl. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a comedy moment where they freak out all the Germans by whispering in their ears, pushing them out windows, and even forcing one of them to shoot himself in the foot. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Uh, com- comedy Nazis. Yeah, your favourite. Well, we've just seen the Holocaust, so 
we need yeah. a bit of comedy, don't we? You do, yeah. So the Germans leave and Troy and Dylan again explain to Stockwell that they need to work together to stop the test. So they all turn invisible again. Mm-hmm. And then they beat up some guards and take their uniforms. That's right, yes. And disguise themselves as German guards. Because Jamie would have fitted right in in 1940s Germany. Yeah, that, that gets worse later. It does, yes. No one even notices. Nope, the heavily made up German officer with lots of makeup <laughs> who's only five foot tall. Yeah, we're not, we're not talking modern days. I mean, it was 1940s and it was Nazi Germany. Yeah, nobody notices her. No, no, no. no. Well, they're, they're busy in all Yeah, 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 that's true, true. Yeah. So then we cut to Germans greeting their uh, general, a rocket test. Yeah. And uh, four heroes watch, now dressed in their uniforms. And this is where we get to see the uh, the footage from the George Peppard movie, isn't it? Yes, because... Of the V2s. As they leave to go back into the bunker, there's apparently a woman with a leather jacket appeared from nowhere. Who <laughs> goes into the bunker with them. And then she's not there when they cut to the inside. Who is? She's, uh, oof, she's actually famous. She's a German scientist who helped develop the V2, and she's a test pilot, I believe. Oh, so um, it was real footage? Uh, no, no, it, it, the woman in Operation Crossbow Oh, it's from the film, movie. She's, ah, right. she's a real person. Uh, she's what? amalgamation of a real person. I haven't seen Operation Crossbow in a long time. I should watch that. Yeah, it's fun. It's got a very bleak ending, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Yes. Mm. Yeah. You're shocked that I've actually seen it, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. It's not made in the... 90s and it's not got superheroes in it it's astonishing <laughs> wow it is color so you know yes i know and it and it's got Hannibal smith in it so i'm gonna watch it yeah that's your connection well <laughs> we all got our links to things while we watch them. yes you you know it's all you know i'm joking i, I do you don't see it <laughs> <laughs> so the rocket launches sounding a lot like a viper taking off yeah, well, they only got so many sound effects they could use, you know. Well, you, you know, you, you, you've got to be economical with everything, really, haven't you? And it is Glenn A. Larson at the end of the day. That's so. true, that's true. And they did ha keep having the budget cut all the time. Yes, yes, so you, you can forgive them. Yes. So the general isn't impressed, as his uh, lackeys explain that this rocket is nothing compared to their new V2s, mm. which is the big souped-up rocket that Xavier's been working on. That's right, yeah. Oh, you call him Xavier. I call him Xavier. You, you probably could be correct. I don't know. I think I only call him Xavier because I'm an X-Man. Oh, you're an X-Man, are you? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't do it being an X-Man yeah. joke there. Speak, speak. Well, what are you now? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> I'm taking the hormones at the moment. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm joking. No, I'm, joking. Yeah. I'm fine. Really. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with it. No. I'll quit while I'm ahead. Um, oh, if only. Yes. So Jamie launches into another V2 lecture, explaining what they are. And It sounds like that. she's launched into version two lecture. It, that would be something. Yeah. Really. So the Germans enter a bunker where they meet Xavier, who's posing as an English scientist for some reason. Yeah, why didn't he just be himself? 
Oh, uh, why didn't he just speak in German? Yeah. Because I presume they're all speaking German. They're not speaking English, are they? I mean, they are for, for the purposes of the show, but they wouldn't all be standing there speaking in English, would they? So how does Troy and Dylan know what they're saying? Exactly. At least in Star Trek, you had the universal translators built into the communicators, didn't you? Yeah, they don't say anything about the communicators being able to do this, right? No, 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 I, no, no. Okay. So outside, we see a huge rocket being prepped for launch, and that is the end of episode two. Yeah, woo! Final right. episode of the three-parter. Strap in, it's going to be good. Could be. Yeah, probably not. So we start with the... Uh, super manly voice of the uh, the voiceover artist telling us that here are some scenes from episode three <laughs> there you go <laughs> have these yeah. it, it it's got to be one of the worst ways of showing stuff that we've seen from from you know the kind of shows that did this where they show stuff from the episodes yeah so so top of the tree the mm-hmm. best is space 1999 mm-hmm. and then i guess we got all the like 80s cop show ones and then this mm-hmm. at the bottom <laughs> it actually it, it's, it's unfair as well because it actually makes it look like it's going to be good <laughs> well I suppose that is its job you're going to be disappointed when you get to the end of it though aren't you yeah but then too late you've watched it mm. so Stockwell then explains that if they can make the test fail in front of all the high rank and file generals it could make the High Command stopped the funding of the rocket tech long enough for the Allies to win the war. Mm, absolutely. That's the plan. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Stockwell tells them that he's uh, he's now taking charge. And Troy and Dylan, uh, just to humour him, say, uh, yeah, we'll go along with it. Yeah, just... yeah, go ahead, mate. Yeah, take charge. Yeah, yeah no. fill your boots. Have fun. Fill your boots. Yeah. Your jack boots. Yeah, yeah, fill your jack boots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That made you laugh, didn't it? No. You like a jackboot gag, don't you? Oh, always, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. So the team are spied, and so they split up. Dylan and Stockwell go off together, while Troy and uh, Jamie go the other way. Mm-hmm. I don't mean they go the other way. I mean. No, they go just they run a different direction. Yes. Dylan and Troy find the rocket, and Dylan stuns the guards who are chasing them with his handy stun gun. So Stockwell takes off his pants, which uh, he does. He takes off his pants, which seem to have plastic explosives uh, built into them. Oh, yeah. Wow. No wonder he was running in that strange way. (laughs) (laughs) It was like watching John Wayne. My pants are explosive as well. Yeah, but that's diarrhea. (laughs) 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 Which Which wasn't where you were going with it. I, no, I was I was quite happy to let you lead me wherever you wanted me to go. Yeah, usually bathroom. Yes. <laughs> Only at the weekends. Huh? Well, yeah, I say that. But, yeah, you know. yeah, that's true. <clears throat> so Stockwell take... Oh, I've done that bit. Yeah. So uh... <laughs> Time travel synthesis. <laughs> yeah, we're going backwards. <laughs> Welcome so episode, to Retrospection. <laughs> oh, God, no. In this episode, we're doing Night Rider. <laughs> Yeah, if we did that now, we'd do it better. You say that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as Stockwell goes to put the uh, the bomb onto the rocket, Dylan stuns him and yeah. says, primitives. What's going on here? 
I, I don't get it. Why don't you just let him do it? Because he would, he would have done it anyway. Yeah, so I mean... It's not like they're changing history, is it? Didn't we have a conversation about not changing history? Yeah. So, I don't get it. No, there's no reason for it. And, he, and he's not not achieving. He's doing he's, it. He's, he, so if he blew up that rocket, which is a rocket that was developed by Xavier, who shouldn't be there in the first place, mm-hmm. he's not... All he's doing is putting everything back to how it should be. Yep. I have no explanation for this. Oh, it's just rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> That's your explanation. It's just rubbish. There you go. Yeah. So in the bunker, Troy and Jamie um, materialize out of nowhere using their invisibility cloak. Right. Uh, and they quietly uh, shimmy over to Xavier. <laughs> they do. and have a full-blown conversation with him. They do. They, do. they, they um, tell him that he's got to return back to the Galactica. Yeah, with them. and you get a point where one of the guards, uh, one of the generals, he's like, oh, "Who are you talking to?" And Xavier's like, uh, "Nobody." Yeah, they think he's just talking to a wall, don't they? Because yeah. they keep coming in and out of uh, invisibility, yeah. don't they? So Xavier's not having any of it. He says, um, "I'll expose you." Woo! Troy replies by saying that you'll have to find us first, and then promptly becomes invisible again. It's not. So a, now, it's, I, I, it's not a great like line, is it? Oh, you'll have to find us first. <laughs> <Then disappears. laughs> it's like it's not very like heroic. It's a bit like chase me, isn't it? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Keep appearing in different places in the bunker. But but the the, the thing is here that they're not stood together, right. Jamie and and and, um, and Troy. So and Troy becomes invisible first, and then Jamie does it second. Ah. So has she got her own? Hasn't she just taken Dylan's invisibility? Has she? I think so. Right. Okay. I didn't. I didn't catch that. But if that's what happened, fair enough. It wouldn't be the first time I've missed something. I don't think you missed anything. I'm just assuming that's what happened. Oh, we're assuming that, are we? <laughs> you, there's a lot you're gonna have to assume at this point. <laughs> <laughs> at this point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, the German general sees Xavier talking to an empty space, as we said, but he explains that um, he was just mulling over some calculations. Yes, that's what I, that's the excuse I use when I'm talking to my invisible friends. Is it? Yes. Oh, how, I'm, how just, do, I'm do... just mulling over some uh, calculations. No, no, Deidre, don't do that. <laughs> and how does that work out for you? Ah, not too good. Not too good, I would have oh, thought so. No. Yes. Unfortunately, Jamie's energizer runs out and she materializes. Ah. So why does hers run out, but nobody else's does? Because it, it's uh, it's it's Dylan's, and he's been using it all that. Well, don't ask me for what, though, because we don't want to go into that. I was going to say, cause he, he's only ever become invisible when Troy does. So where's uh, he been using the power? He's been he's been doing his own little side projects. <laughs> Let's just not discuss it. All right, okay. I think this says a lot more about Fa- you. Than it does family about show, Paul, family show. Right, not, right. not a podcast, but the actual show. So Xavier grabs Jamie and uh, he orders Troy to do nothing. It... I still don't think Xavier's a bad guy. Well, it's an interesting opinion about him. Mm-hmm. So the rocket launches, um, but Dylan takes a shot. And uh, the first one does nothing until he realises that he had his gun on stun. Why didn't he use the, the freeze one and it would have just frozen in mid-air? <laughs> and then he could have shot it. 
<laughs> well, his, his second shot actually blows the rocket up. But ah. you've got to say that Starbuck and Apollo were never this inept, were they? No, no. They weren't written this way at all. It's nope. just, it's just, it's pathetic. Yes. So the general is less than happy uh, at the, the 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 rocket blowing up, and um, he orders that Xavier be taken out and shot. Yeah, it's a bit harsh for not doing your job properly. Well, he says it's harsh, but luckily for him, well, how the many two times guards... would you have been shot? I wouldn't have made it past 1939 if it was me. There you go. See. <laughs> A little harsh. Luckily, though, Troy and Jamie are the two guards that take him outside. Yeah, and not one person, even the general who looks at her, notices it's clearly a woman with a lot of makeup on. <laughs> well, you know, he probably hasn't seen a woman for a long time, has he? You know. All right. He's a general out on the fringes of the war, you know. When okay. was the last time he saw a woman? He's used to hurry... Uh, Bikers? Hurry... Hurry bikers, yes. <laughs> Cooking food. What? <laughs> you know, he's he's used to a certain thing. He's not. He's he's a woman's not going to turn his head. I, I think he would notice. I think he would notice more actually in that situation. Probably, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm just, I'm just trying to trying to help it. Oh, okay. Help, All right. Know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so later, Stockwell, who's Apparently gotten over being stunned by Dylan. That's right. He doesn't hold a grudge or anything. No. Maybe yeah. he doesn't know what happened. Maybe he just thought he fainted. <laughs> He's like, oh, I, I do that all the time. I don't know why I was chosen for this job. Maybe he, he thought his moustache was uh, constricting his uh, airflow. Because it that's, is a fine moustache. Yeah, that's, that's possible, yeah. right? That happens, right? So they're, they're hidden, watching the, all the, uh, the Jewish people and the resistance people being uh, loaded onto the train carriages yep. at the train station. Yeah. And he wants to do something, but she insists that they wait for Dylan and Troy. Yeah, because they're useful. Absolutely. So Stockwell demands to know who Troy and Dylan really are, but Jamie's reluctant to explain. Yeah. And just as she's about to explain and give in to his demands... Dylan and Troy zoom in on their bikes and they start blasting everything in sight, but without killing anyone. Right, right. They're just lasering things. Apparently these bikes now have lasers on the front of them as well. That's right. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's good that they're not altering history. Not at all. No. no. Not, not just showing everyone that they've got these bikes with lasers on. And, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they, they've even changed back into their white uniforms as well, haven't they? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Maybe they thought it'd make people think they were ghosts. <laughs> Riding bikes. Ghost bikers. Ghost bikers. Yeah. So they suddenly take off, and um, the frightened Nazis look on um, dumbfounded, really, don't they? Now, what they should have done is had all, all the Nazis on motorbikes and do the same kind of crashing that the bikers did in the Monday <laughs> thing. <laughs> to the comedy music that yeah. they used. That's what yeah. they should have done. So some right, ne right next to all the Jews being herded onto yeah. the truck. <laughs> it's just a callback. <laughs> that would have worked, wouldn't oh, it? Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. yeah. So Stockwell and Jamie get to get all the prisoners out of the train and they run off into the woods. And Jamie tells them to run because it's D-Day and the soldiers will soon be too preoccupied to, uh, to follow them. Although no one actually knows what D-Day means. It's not like something that was common. Yeah, even the spy doesn't know what D-Day is, though. That's the thing. Well, nobody would. But wouldn't he know, at no, least? No, why would he know? No one knew, except oh, the what, people. 
It was You're top secret. You're talking about need to know. Need to know. Yeah, basically. it was top secret. No one, it didn't announce what D-Day is. It only became D-Day on that day. All right. See, now you're, you're going full on Jamie now. Oh, I'm full on Jamie. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> that sounded very creepy. <laughs> I don't even like her. <laughs> That's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I didn't know you were so judgmental. Um, and sure enough, we get a Nazi getting a phone call. <laughs> and he, and he, well, he does, doesn't he? He gets a phone call. <laughs> okay. That's exciting. And they, they, they tell him. They tell him. No, they tell him that you know they need to move out because something big is happening somewhere. Oh, is that, is that his actual word? It, oh, something hello. Like um, something big is happening somewhere. Bye. Click. <laughs> He's like, wait, what? <laughs> How's that helpful? Oh, can you get these people back? <laughs> something it, big. It's is probably happening. something. Something to do with a sausage, I would imagine. Yeah, a canuck first. Hidden in the Madonna. <laughs> Hidden in Madonna's what? Well, with the with the what is with it? the big boobies? With, yes. Is it big boobies or fallen boobies? I think it's big boobies. Yeah, Madonna is the big boobies. Okay, this is from the TV show Hello Hello. Hello Hello. No, hello. It's hello Hello. Oh, I, I was doing the, the Hello tra- Hello. <laughs> I was doing the translated version. Ah, oh, oh, all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So everyone says goodbye, and Troy and Dylan and Jamie fly off on their bikes. At this point, I was wondering, exactly where is Xavier? He gets forgotten in this. He does. Luckily, back at the landing site, they untie Xavier from the Viper's landing gear. So they tied him up. Yeah, we didn't so they see t- that. So they went all the way back to the ships, tied him up, and then came back to uh, blow up the Nazi... Well, didn't they have to go back to the ships to get the bikes? Yeah, but I mean... Just seems a bit. It's a lot of work, isn't it? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> just this, kill him. Just see, <laughs> well, that would have been a better idea, I suppose, in mm. the long run. But just you know, kill I'm him. sorry that it involves a little bit of work-saving history. But you know, you know, you go back to Galactica, and Adama says, "So where is he then?" I go, "Oh well, <laughs> funny story, really." Yeah. <laughs> he acts. What he did was right. He accidentally shot himself in the back. About five or six times, you know, he he, he he wrestled for the gun and he fell and he shot himself in the back. I don't think Adama would be that bothered. Exactly. So you got away with it. He's yeah. the best boss in the world. Yeah. 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 But they don't. They don't. They untie him and um, he calls them fools for not listening to him. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, Xavier does a runner and he turns invisible in the process. So now he's got an invisibility device as well yeah yeah why didn't he use it earlier when they were going to take him out and shoot him because uh um it wasn't uh in the script exactly but then everyone just gets back into their ships and flies off and does the time warp back to the present yeah jump to the left yeah yeah but so they just let him run away yeah they don't go after him they don't go after him. He's no. like, oh, he's tried it once. He's not going to try it again. Maybe they it? got your attitude to running. They're like, oh, look how far away he is. He's like, he's like, oh, he's a parsec away by now. He's across that field. He's over that bush. Look at him go. He's fast for an old guy. Uh, should we go after him? Nah. Let's just take off. Well, you're kind of right because, you know, I look at it this way. You've already put the effort in once. Yeah. And 
you technically did what you were supposed to do. You stopped him from developing the rocket technology. Okay, you got away afterwards, but you, you technically did what you were employed to do. Ah, so you're saying job done. Job done. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. So it's all fine. Yeah. Apologies to anyone that knows me. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to people fleeing from colonials after you've done a time warp synthesis on the planet to alter history. <laughs> Who are you apologizing to? Oh, apologizing to the Nazis. Well, you never know who's listening. <laughs> okay. So back in modern day, they uh, they take Jamie back to a town and um, they cleverly hide their bikes in a, bu- in a bush. Yeah. So they head into a diner. And a waiter offers some coffee, which uh, utterly confuses the uh, fabulous minds of our two heroes, doesn't it? And they have to look it up again. Yeah, and they're like, oh, they have a drink made from beans. Yes. I'd love a drink made from beans. What, baked beans? Oh, yeah. Right. You're telling me you you don't slurp down bean juice? Uh... Oh, come on. You know you do. You know you slurp it down. No, I don't really eat beans. You mean... Oh, come on. You love your beans. I know you do. Well, they don't love me. That's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. Can you lay off the beans next week when you come and visit, please? (laughs) Yeah, no beans. Uh, No beans. Do you drink coffee? Do I drink coffee? Yeah. Uh, Occasionally, yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you drink tea? Not really, no. No? But I'll have it for you, so don't worry. Don't panic. That's okay. Bring me on. No, no, that'd, that'd be no. weird. Imparting PG tips just to bring it back into the UK. <laughs> no, I've got PG tips for you. Really. Oh, okay. okay. Note to self, though, don't serve you beans when you're here. All right. No, okay. it's probably a good idea. I'll, oh, don't worry. I've had a fan fitted in the in the in the in the bathroom. You'll be all right. Just the one. Just yeah, but it's strong. Oh, okay. It does the job. You'll all be right. all right. So. Um, Looking in, in uh, looking in a newspaper, they find uh, pictures of themselves and are dismayed to find that they are now all wanted criminals. Yes. Yes. Troy's reaction is to uh, bugger off back to Galactica and leave Jamie to sort it all out for herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not very heroic, is it? Not really, no. Well. Luckily, though, suddenly a jukebox kicks in and the boys are startled into firing their lasers at the machine. Yeah, it's because it wasn't a live band. <laughs> it was on stun, though. So ah, right. How do you know it was on stun? Well, it didn't blow it up, did it? Oh, it just right. kind of slows it down to a crawl, doesn't that's it? That's right, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Back in the field, the <sighs> ships have become visible again, and the boy and his dog find them once again. Yeah. Does this kid only have the one sweater? He only has the one sweater, the one dog... The one field and no friends. Well, no friends. Yeah, actually, he has no friends. I'm right. I think I had that sweater when I was a kid, you know. It looks, very sim- it looks very familiar to me. The only difference between you and that kid is the dog. I didn't have a dog. I know. That's what I mean. That's the only difference. Oh, right. Okay. I had her like that kid as well when I was yeah. that age. Did you have any friends? I had friends. Oh, okay. <laughs> Two things are different then. You say it like you're expecting me to say no, I didn't. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've known you for 35 years, so. Yeah. 
Oh, it's just like Anton Deck, isn't it? Um, yeah. One of us is drunk, the other's driving. <laughs> so ja- Jamie jumps onto a bus saying uh, goodbye to our two heroes. I'll never forget you, she says. Don't forget me. You know these two, I'd say that that's a given, to be honest. They're going to forget her as soon yeah, as she's like, gone. Like, we, won't, we won't forget you, Claire. J- Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> Sorry. Oof. Troy's waving as the boss as it drives away. And then as it disappears, Dylan's like, who are you waving at? Troy's like, oh, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed that they can even remember each other's names. Well, they can't because he keeps going, are you boxy? Yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So a policeman pulls over and he sort of says hello to them, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, very polite. As he pulls into the diner, he buys a newspaper and he sees the pictures inside, realising that they're the fugitives. Yeah. So, uh, being chased by the cop, he orders them to pull over, but then they launch into the air on their bikes and simply fly away, leaving the cop to uh, Radio HQ saying, I don't feel too good. Yeah, did you notice that when it showed the two of them together on the bike, you could see the edge of the loader that the bikes were on? (laughs) <laughs> I didn't see that. No, yeah, you could. Doesn't surprise me. At the bottom of the screen, you could see the like the truck that they're riding on at the time. <laughs> they tried. Yeah, you get comedy music when they fly away. As you well. do get comedy music, and you, you also get the same uh, good VR VX. Sh- I'll do that again. Yeah, drunk. And you also get the same um, really good FX shot that you uh, that I mentioned earlier. You do. Them flying up into the sky. Yeah, same one. It's lucky, it's lucky that they took off in the exact same place, really, isn't it? It is. You're right. You're mm-hmm. right. Like the same field that they keep using. Absolutely. Yeah. So later, Troy and Dylan head back to the ships to find that the boy and his dad have called in the Air Force, who are swarming all around it. Oh, the Air Force? I thought it was the Army. Is it the Air Force? Could be the Air Force. I think it's the Air Force. Oh, okay. The way that this Air Force guy asks Billy if he knows how to keep a secret reminded me of um, that oh. pilot from Airplane. Oh, I, I thought he was going to mention Jimmy Savile. No, 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 no. You know Airplane, when he's got the kid on his knee. Yes, and says, that, that's, um, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, it, uh, okay, it reminded yeah. me of that a lot. I can imagine that, yeah. And Jimmy Savile. Yeah. So um, a truck comes to uh, take the ships away. I'm pretty sure that this, the size of this truck wouldn't be able to carry those two ships. Nope. You're nope. absolutely nope. right. No, mm-hmm. no chance. So at school... Hold Billy's on. Being... Can I just point out that why they're in this field, middle mm-hmm. of nowhere, in this field, the kid's school bus arrives. <laughs> <laughs> Who gets picked up in the middle of nowhere by school bus? Well, they just know where they are, don't they? They've got, like, homing beacons. Oh, so wherever the kid is, the bus just arrives there? It does. It's like Harry Potter. That's not how it works, but all right. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so at school, Billy's being bullied about uh, because he's talking about spaceships. Yeah. Remember those days, Paul? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. So uh, Troy and Dylan appear at his school and they tell him that they're aliens. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yep. You're laughing, but that is what they say. Right. <laughs> uh, and they also tell him that it's a secret. And can you keep it? Not again, says Billy. Everyone's giving me all their secrets. I don't want them. I, I quite like that bit. Mm. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I was in the... Um... Oh, where's this going? <laughs> <laughs> this show's changed. Are we having a confession now? It's not confessions. I'm not a priest. Don't do it, Paul. Keep it to yourself. Don't want to know. <laughs> No, I was in the um, I was in the boys' brigade when I was like when I was probably about the same age as this kid. Hold on a minute, I just need to let that sink in for a second. Oh, I can show you a picture of me in, in my uniform if you want to see it when you, when you're here. See, scouts had standards. <laughs> well, we didn't have any standards because our boys' brigade uh, teacher, or whatever you call him. Few years later, I found out that he uh, he he, um, <clears throat> he 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 felt the uh, long arm of the law on his shoulder. Oh, did he? Yes, he did. Yes. Oh dear. I had no inclination. He, I, 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 he never came near me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how does that make you feel worse or better? Unwanted. Make, yeah, I was gonna say that make you feel like what's wrong with me? Why didn't you like me? Yeah, that's a weird thing. Yes, yeah, uh, a weird thing. As a sign, I was in the I was in the Cubs, and absolutely nothing happened, and no one was arrested. It was perfectly fine. Well, you know, it's boring, though, isn't it? No, but I'm just letting people know that it's not always the way you describe. Ooh, all right then. I mean, it was crap, and I gave it up after about five seconds. But you know, yeah, it was crap. Boys uh, yeah. it was crap as well. Just made us um, just apply us with orange juice. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big giant inverted covers around that orange juice bell. <laughs> Here you go, little boy. Have some orange juice. <laughs> Drink it all up. <laughs> Wait, were you there as well? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Put the straw in your lips. Destroyed, destroyed my lips. Wow! Destroy all right. your lips. Just, just suck on this. <laughs> thing is, it, it's funny that this bit in the in uh, Battlestar Galactica nineteen eighty made me think of that. I hadn't thought well, about that in years. There you go. It makes you. This is what these programs are about: making you remember the things you'd rather forget. Well, I've got nothing to forget because, as I said, well, never you, came near me. You say that, but you know, there was the orange juice. Yeah, but. The orange juice was just orange juice. You say that. Oh, you I don't know. know. Uh, mm. I'm sure it was fine. Yeah. Mm. I wonder what the lumps were. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, they get Billy to tell them where their ships have been taken. As long as they help him get back at the bully that was uh, pestering him. Yeah. But it doesn't really get back to back at him in a great way. No, because what they do is they give Billy the um, one of their invisibility devices, and right. they let cool him go. So and, far, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they yeah. let him go. Just go and torment him. Yeah, you just kick him in the knackers, wouldn't you? You would, yeah, and run off. Yeah, no, I wouldn't even run off. You're invisible. You could just keep doing it for I'm hours. Pre- I'm pretty sure that when Adama gave him these things, it's not what he was envisioning for them to use it. As. Yeah, can you imagine that in the report. Yeah, well, we went to this uh, this kid, <laughs> and then he went and taunted this 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 body. And uh, yeah, and you think that's a good use of the invisibility device that we've created for you? Well, you should see the shit I did with the stun gun. <laughs> 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 Not putting that in the report. <laughs> Can I just say to you, uh, Troy? 
mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I knew you 30 years ago when you were boxing, and you were far more intelligent then than you are now. Well, you know, all the time I spent with a daggett. Really? Yeah. Was, 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 he the, uh, was he the leader of the boys' brigade as well? Yeah. This is a chimp in a suit. You all thought it was a robot. You thought I was the crazy one. Yes. I kept screaming, no chimp you. in a no suit. One believed you. And then a dama run down the corridor tickling people. What a life. He's <laughs> <laughs> gone very strange. <laughs> so, um, so Billy tells them where the ships are. How he knows this, I've no idea, because I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't tell him. Yeah, they was like, so... I'm going to take these ships to this top secret location. Hey, kid, the ships are going to the Earth Force Base. Great, hey, woo thumbs up. <laughs> well, you can't keep a secret. The kid? You know, you, yeah, you flash a bit of invis- visibility power at him, and he's anybody's, isn't he? Yeah, it goes for everybody, really. I'd, I'd stand my ground. If someone flashed an invisibility, you wouldn't take it and do something with it? And I, unfortunately, though, I know what you do with it, and it's just not repeatable. <laughs> yeah, leave that there. It's upsetting. Um, yeah, I'm sure it would. Oh, for some people, it would be. Yeah. Everybody, mankind, womankind, people kind. <laughs> anyway, um, so the, the kid says that uh, there there weren't just two ships. That he heard that there were three ships that they've captured. Xavier's back. Hmm. So he had a. a he did have a ship. They said he stole a ship. Yeah, he? he stole a Viper. Yeah. Yes. So in return for helping them, they give Billy a medal and they make him an honorary warrior, which is exactly what Apollo did to Boxy when he was a kid as well. Which is the first time the show's actually done something interesting. Exactly. Yes. That was a nice moment, I thought. Nice yeah. callback to, to the old show. Yeah. The only one. Yes. Really. You know, that's worth anything. Yeah. Yeah. So back couldn't, up, back up. Sorry, but couldn't they have tracked Xavier's Viper? You think it'd be made of material that isn't found on Earth, so it'd be easy to track. Not even that. It's a military fire, isn't it? You'd think, you know, that it it would be fitted with something that they could track. Anyway. Oh uh, yeah, that's it? true. Yeah, yeah. But then again, he's clever. He could have disabled it, I suppose. Yes, he could. But then we're assuming Ooh, again. A lot of assuming. So, back on the Galactica, Adama is having a, a bit of a kip when Boomer comes in and tells him about Xavier's escape. Right. Yes. So, Boomer's now assumed the Colonel Ty uh, uh, role, hasn't he? He's wearing his uniform. Yeah, and he just wakes up Adama because he's old and he keeps having naps. Yeah. What happened to Colonel Ty? Who knows? Well, how old was Colonel Ty? He wasn't as old as Adama, was he? That's true, so he should still be around. Yeah. Maybe he died in a freak... Uh... Boomer killed him. <laughs> Boomer killed him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's accidentally stumbled into that airlock, and it's... Uh... It's, it's, it's just ejected him into space. Yeah, oh, yeah. what a shame. Promotion, thank you very much. You take it, yeah. yeah. Dama um, wants all the Earth missions to be recalled, except for Troy and Dylan, who he wants to go and find Xavier. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of Xavier, he's watching an interview on TV with Dr. Mortensen. And Mortensen explains that uh, he actually wasn't kidnapped by Troy and Dylan, that everything is A-OK. That's his exact expression. It is. So, Xavier um, 
then goes and bullies a newspaper vendor into telling him how to get to the TV studio. And in all fairness, this vendor, he's been a bit rude to him, isn't he? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, he's that, pretty fearful because Cylons, you know, they attack newsstands. He's not a Cylon, is he? No, but he, he's the new the news vendor. He, he's on edge because any moment, oh, look at you wavering, look at him floundering here. Uh, on. He's on this edge any moment. This is something, good. Something could come from the sky and attack him because newsstands are a primary target in an attack. Apparently, they are going back to uh, the fake uh, footage yeah, that yeah, Doctor so, Z made up. Yeah, good save. Thanks. Yes. So the vendor has to explain to Xavier what a cab is, telling him that it's uh, it's one of those black and white cars that you see roaming around the place. Mm-hmm. And uh, Xavier um, walks out into the street, nearly getting run over, which is, again, another Star Trek gag. Yes, it is. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he hails a black and white, quote-unquote, cab, which turns out to be a police car. Yeah. Are uh, cabs in this place black and white no they're the yellow aren't they well the yellow in new york i don't know if the yellow wherever this place is is this supposed to be los angeles i think it's supposed to be los angeles yeah all right so xavier asks the the police to take him to the studio where dr mortensen is and hearing dr mortensen's name the cops think that they're onto something here aren't they yeah they're like woohoo promotion yep yep but um oddly they still take him there and they, they wait to take him there before they question him. Yes, yes. And they, they'd let him meet Dr. Martin. I mean, if this guy's a nutter and pulls out a gun, they got mm. a lot of explaining to do. They do. Realising his mistake, Xavier ditches the cops and he heads towards Mortensen, who happens to be just walking out of the building at the time. Well, that's convenient. That that's happens lucky, a lot in it? this it does. show. And it's always Dr. Mortensen as well. Have you noticed that? Maybe he's just constantly walking around. Yeah, he, he doesn't really have a job. No. He's not really a genius scientist. No, he's just he's just faking it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> not that I know about that, obviously. No. So Xavier explains who he is, but uh, Mortensen wants proof, which he gets when Xavier turns invisible. What more proof could you ask for? Exactly. So uh, Xavier gets into the car with Mortensen, and they go to Mortensen's home. Xavier tries to convince him that the, that Troy and Dylan are actually the uh, the bad guys and that uh, he's the one that he should trust. Yeah, he makes up this whole big story. He's but not very he, convincing, though. It, plus the fact he's he's the one with the with the weird face. Yeah, and he comes across all evil when he's talking. Yeah, he, he he's a bit twirly moustache, isn't and, he? And Morrison's like, now these other two are so stupid, they couldn't come up with this plan. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, he's met them. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jamie is back at the newspaper studio trying to convince her boss that Troy and Dylan are the good guys. Mm-hmm. Her boss thinks that Jamie has been brainwashed by two strong kidnappers. And he wouldn't say if it wasn't the fact that Jamie's a woman, would he? No. Nope. Nope. So a call comes in from Dylan and, and uh, her boss listens in. As Dylan explains about Xavier being around and uh, that they need her help again. Yep. So Jamie's boss wants her to uh, go along, and um, I, I don't quite know what he's trying to do. Is, does he want to help capture Troy and Dylan? I don't know. He wants to expose them, or he just wants he just wants the story for an exclusive to be on the news. I, yeah, that I don't makes know. Sense. I, maybe he like he doesn't want to capture him because then the story would end. 
Yeah. He wants it yeah. to continue. Yeah, that sounds about right. Meanwhile, Xavier's trying to convince Mortensen that Troy and Dylan, um, they they want to use time travel to alter Earth's past and rule the world. But you get the impression that while he's telling him this, he's getting the idea that it's not a bad idea actually himself to do that, is it, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I agree. But he'd already decided to do that anyway. So it's, it's like he, he's realized that his own idea was actually a good idea. Well, no, maybe it's he, he actually genuinely thought that he could help Earth change, but then he thought maybe he could rule Earth. He thought, screw it, I'm going yeah. to have it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. He's gone full evil now. Remember, we had that conversation where Adama says that Earth doesn't have one leader, it has all different leaders. And, and then, um, is it Troy? Says, it's Troy or Dylan, says, oh, well, how did they ever come to any decision? Yeah. So maybe mm. it's, you know bringing that around and you can you can see you can see the seeds here of where they were hoping the show was going to go can't you yeah you can yeah it's the evil leaper isn't it oh yeah yeah i guess so yeah yeah Yeah. nice callback to a previous episode that we did a retrospection yeah completely forgot we'd done quantum leap (laughs) yes we did we did quantum leap yes um jamie calls and uh, mortensen answers and xavier overhears everything that she says as she's telling him how dangerous Xavier is. Mm, yeah. But Xavier uh, disconnects the phone and he cuts her off. Game's up. Yeah. yeah. Jamie finds Troy and Dylan and they head off in a taxi together. Now at the Air Force Base, the military are baffled by the alien ships as Troy and Dylan and Jamie stand by a fence just watching and no one notices them standing there. Yes, it's not a very secure perimeter. It, it's just a fence. Yes, yes, and they're just yes. watching. They're just watching, yeah. Um, Normally you can't get up to the fence of an Air Force base, can you? Especially one that's got alien aircraft in it. Exactly. You would think there'd be some kind of patrol, searchlights, electrified fence. Yes, something. Yeah, Yes. dragon. But, you know, yeah. dragon. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, don't don't start plugging where you you know you you. <laughs> it's over. It's done. All, all right? right. All right. It's done. Okay. So Troy's convinced that Xavier is also around somewhere, and suddenly Xavier appears in the cockpit of one of the Vipers, dressed as an Air Force personnel, and he tries to uh, draw power from the base to start his engine because so... the the Vipers are dead. Somehow they can do that. Yes, yes. Well, so it's another one of those powers. Oh, plugging yeah. anything in. Well, it was in the 1980s. I mean, Kit could talk to computers before the internet, couldn't he? You know, yeah. remember the conversation yeah. in episode one about no, the long I was, I'm table? I'm just thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. But yeah, yeah. But, you yeah. know. So Troy and Dylan try to turn invisible, but they're out of power. Oh, finally it's run out. Yeah, <laughs> they've been back in time. He's like, been oh, doing... I can remove yeah. that battery finally. <laughs> you do it, Dylan. <laughs> Why have I got to do it? <laughs> I thought he looked relieved. Yeah. <laughs> I, he thought he was just a massive shit. Yes. No, no, that's Troy. <laughs> yeah, just slide that bad boy out. I beg your pardon? Yep. You were. <clears throat> no, I did, yeah. Yeah. So Jamie um, distracts the guards by uh, just running off. That that works. 
It does, does apparently. Yeah, and you don't get sharted either. As far no, as not at all, no. Uh, and Troy and Dylan sneak into the base, and they uh, Troy heads for Xavier, who fires at him before taking off in his ship. Yep. The guards approach. Troy and Dylan stun them before jumping into their ships, only to find Jamie is also in the ship as well. She's used her invisibility cloak to climb in after them. Genius. Exactly. So they take off in hot pursuit of Xavier. Mortensen arrives, and everyone is baffled by just what's been going on. Until Mortensen tells the guards that uh, the visitors are basically from outer space. Yeah, he just comes clean because he knows they won't believe him. But you might as well, aren't you? Yeah. So in space, our heroes are chasing Xavier, who's planning to go into a time warp. Mm. Troy tries to talk Xavier down, um, tries to tell him to surrender, but he won't have it. He's not going to at this point, is he? No, no. I mean, he's, he's committed here. Yeah. And um, so they fire at him, and there's an explosion. Did they get him? Who knows? Who gives a shit? <laughs> Not the writers, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. They just brush it off, don't they? Yeah. Oh, did we get him? Oh, I hope so. I oh, mean, let's go. I mean, does he turn up? I mean, this is... Do, do, do they... Con- I can't remember the show because I haven't watched past this, but I can't remember. Did they actually go back to different time periods? I don't think they were allowed to go that far before it got cancelled. Right. Right. All I remember is the one with all the kids jumping around in the film. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember the, the, the Cylon crashing onto Earth. Oh, that. yeah, yeah, and going the, to the party. And, yeah, and that's the Starbuck. That's a two-parter, right? Yeah, and the yeah. Starbuck episode, which is actually quite good. Yeah, it's the yeah. only one that's decent. So finally on Galactica, Jamie is now in a full uh, warrior uniform for some reason. Yeah, she's been suddenly promoted, skipped yeah. training. And we get a comedy ending and a setup for a long-running TV show. Well, uh, and that's the end. You say long-running. <laughs> yeah, and that's the end. And well, I've lost you, will to live. <laughs> you, you really rushed through the end, though. Go on. Have you got? Have you got something you want to say about it? I mean, it's, um, no. It's basically, they're gonna keep her on as a history, uh, Earth history. That's right. Person. Even, even though they could just, you know, go down and get a book. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> So there we go. That's the end of uh, Galactica 1980. So, Paul, you've concealed your feelings very well throughout that. Uh, what, <laughs> what sh- I did very well, yeah. actually. How do you feel about Galactica 1980? It should have been good, shouldn't it? I mean, the, the central idea that Galactica finds Earth and then slowly introduces themselves into our society and you know, brings our technology up to the standards slowly so that we can fight off the Cylons. That should have been good. But, oh, God, it sandals so, such a childish manner, in, and it's so inept in the way that it deals with everything. I mean, it, it has a premise, and then it seems to abandon it halfway through and then do this time travel stuff, which, again, would have been good, but... To suddenly just chuck that in there, it feels like it can't decide what it wants to be. Is it a time travel show? Is it, is it science fiction like the original show was? What what is it? It doesn't know what it is. Um, two leads are terrible. I mean, they are, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're no. We're, we're not dealing with. I mean, when you say that no one's as good as Richard Hatch and and Dirk Benedict, I mean, my God. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's no charisma or attraction. Not at all, no. Um, 
the effects uh well, I mean the effects that that are recycled from the original show are good yeah the well, effects that's... that are done for this show range from as you say okay to absolutely terrible yeah that's simulation oh. they're just drawn over mm-hmm. the buildings is terrible everything just looks so cheap yeah I mean I remember when we when we did Buck Rogers, and we talked about the second season of Buck Rogers looking cheap. It's got nothing on this. <laughs> My God. <laughs> and it, it's just terrible, and it pains me to say it, it because I would love it to have been good. And the fact that the classic show ended in such a lazy, slapdash way, when it should never have been cancelled in the first place anyway originally right it's just it's upsetting it upsets me <laughs> so it's a hit it, i wouldn't oh, bury it oh is okay. what i'd say bury wow. it and i own it but i want to bury it <laughs> wow. so no it's not a hit I, I own it too, but I only own it because it's the only way you can get Battlestar Galactica on Blu-ray over here is to get it in a box set with Galactica 1980. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never have bought it if it was separate. Mm-hmm. It is awful. Uh, I, I just, yeah, I don't like it at all. The only, the only episode I have any time for is the Starbuck one. Yes, the Starbuck one. But even that, I mean, have you watched it recently, that one? I haven't, no. Have you? Yeah, I watched it. And it it's one of those it's one of those things where I think the memory of it is different than the reality of it. Okay. Because I remember it as being this amazing episode where you find out what happened to Starbuck and it's the only good episode of, of Galactica eighty. But when you rewatch it, it's actually really, it, it, it's so childishly put together. You know, it's right. it's like a kid's show. It's like, you know, well, it's... it is. I mean, essentially, Glasgow 80 became a kid's show because of the time slot it was forced to have. It's so basic. It's a, an interpretation of the film Hell in the Pacific. All right. You know, the one with Lee mm-hmm. Marvin and Toshiro Mifune where they the Japanese soldier and the American soldier are on the same yes. place. Yeah, yes. it, that's where they got the idea from. Enemy Mine as well. Yes, Enemy Mine. Mm-hmm. And also, I kind of think that episode in TNG with Jodie Lafarge and the Romulan is kind yep. of this as well, yep. right? And Dame, is it Dermok? With, with oh, I guess and, so, yes. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine that, yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have the, this. The episode doesn't have the sophistication of any of those. Oh God, no! It's all right. So that's a miss from you then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think I can add much, much more to that. To be honest, you've, <laughs> you've pretty much summed it up. I have no, I have no alternative views or arguments with you. It's a miss for me as well. I don't think I felt this strongly about anything that we've done. If you'd like to hear Paul feel as strongly about the TV show or a film, then you can send your ideas to retrospection at email.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter at Retrospecky, and on Instagram at Retrospection Podcast, all one word. And please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen. We'd appreciate it. You can also listen to the themes and songs from the films and shows we review at our Spotify playlist. And finally, 
If you'd like to help keep our old episodes online and help new ones coming along, then you can lower our server costs by supporting us via patreon.com forward slash retrospection and that'll keep the adverts away. Thank you to our current Patreon supporters who make sure another month goes by that Paul doesn't have to change his name to Gustav, flee to a tropical island, open an illegal drinking den that only serves people under four foot tall. That's right, he only serves shorts. And before we talk about what we're going to do next, we should point out that I'm actually going to be in the same location as you. Are you? Yeah, apparently I'm coming over to the UK to spend some time with you and your family and then overstay my welcome and then leave and never speak to you again. Well, it's only taken 35 years, but there we go. That's right. Yeah, yeah. If only I'd have known how easy it would have been. (laughs) (laughs) You have invited me ages ago. It should be fun, right? Yeah, yeah, it'll be good, wouldn't it? We'll 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 post some pictures online of us. Uh... Yeah, maybe we'll do a special podcast that we could throw together somehow. Yeah, we'll knock something up for you. Rather, you'd use a different expression, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. So, um, once we've uh, seen each other and we're back in our usual locations, mm-hmm. what are we doing next time? Well, I believe it's another time to drop that hammer. Oh, I like it. Well, we're going to be doing Dracula, AD 1972. I'm looking forward to this one. You'll like this. You'll love it. And Johnny Alucard? That's the one. Okay. Raises Count Dracula from the dead in London in 1972. The Count goes after the descendants of Van Helsing. Yeah, we've got Peter Cushing. We've got Christopher Lee. We've got Stephanie Beecham. Say what no more. What more could you want? No, yeah. that's it. Stop right there. Mm-hmm. All right. right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.